Cringe cannot exist in a vacuum. It needs to be observed. Episode 78. You know what? I miss penis. Are you a boner guy? And then let the boners begin. Oh, yeah. Cuz. Cuzaroo. Cuzaroo. Slapperoonie. It's showtime. W-A-T-P. W-A-T-P, everybody. Hello, Robert Dixon, Cousin Roos. Welcome to another episode of Who Are These Podcasts? The only show hosted by a guy who would probably still bang Gabby Petito, if we're being honest. I'm your host, Carl Hamburger. With me this week, a man who is so full of himself, he sold his own stickers at our live show. It's Andy. Let's talk shit. Please go to whoarethese.com or your email address, voicemail number, link to our subreddit, link to the Discord server, link to our merchandise, link to our YouTube channel, and of course, that link to our Patreon and Supercast featuring two exclusive bonus episodes every month. Dick and I just did the crossover episode this week. We just uh, put it out on Friday, and that includes video. If you sign up to Patreon, uh, we had Vinny here, and of course, Sean, the audio engineer, was on there as well. So a lot of fun to be had. Also, we encourage our listeners to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and then shit all over us in the comments section. Today, we'll be reviewing a show called We Saw the Devil. This was a suggestion from Richard Lucas. We have both listened to this separately. We have not discussed it with each other beforehand. Let's get into it. This is a show hosted by Robin and Brittany. And this is, once again, a true crime podcast. Of course. With, with two women who read the internet. Right. And then... Act like they're doing a deep dive into everything. This is, this is them explaining what they do. You are listening to We Saw the Devil, an investigative and conversational true crime podcast that deep dives into fascinating criminal cases that are solved, unsolved, or ongoing. Well, isn't that the only things that they could be? They're either solved, unsolved, or ongoing. Correct. And it's investigative. Are you pounding the pavement yeah, and know. knocking on all the doors and scouring the Wyoming desert for that's, missing persons? That's the thing that bugs the shit out of me with these people is they think that because people listen to their podcast that they're the authority right. on the subject matter. Nothing's but, ever been solved because of you. No. Yeah. No. Okay. So I have two examples about that. Okay. First one is they talk about the deep investigating that they're doing on Instagram. Now, this is the Gabby Petito case that they're talking about. Correct. Um, sure. But the the Instagram posts themselves, and this is something if you are interested in this case, again, both of their Instagram pages are up. Go take a look at each person's posts. Many captions, apparently more than just one, have um, posts that were edited multiple times. In more recent posts, Brian was actually tagged multiple times in each post. Like, she would tag him multiple times in the same post, even though, like, obviously only one is necessary, right? To tag someone. Um, Which is unlike her. Like, she's very savvy with Insta. Uh, Also, the language doesn't appear to be language that Gabby had previously used. Um, Her Instagram liked all of his posts except for the last two. And then also for these last two Insta posts on her account, uh, location services uh, was actually off on those. That's fascinating. Please go on. The case has been cracked. (laughs) Yeah. FBI, don't don't bother. We got this. Yeah. We got Robin on the case. We're dissecting her Insta habits. We got it all figured out. And the way she's tagging her boyfriend, I mean, obviously we have all the answers we need now. This is another example of something true crime shows do that bugs the shit out of me, where they think they're talking to such a large audience that they're going to be the people who find the missing person. We're going to put it out there on our show. Don't worry. 
We'll find this missing person. Here's a description. She has blonde hair, blue eyes, several tattoos, including one on her finger and one on her forearm that reads, let it be. Does anyone not know what Gabby looks like at this point? She's plastered everywhere. It's all over major news outlets. You don't need to describe it in audio format. No. It's not helping anyone. Wait, a blonde haired girl with tattoos? I think I saw her. Uh, Blue eyes? Yep. That's definitely the girl that I, I saw. I saw her on Pornhub last <laughs> night. <laughs> I saw her and her sister. It was amazing. They looked very close to identical twins. But uh, Andy, what did you pick up on from this show? It's a good thing this case is happening because what this show was supposed to be before this dropped yeah. w- sounded like a, a ripoff of two different things. Let's hear clip two, and this might sound familiar to you. Hello, everyone. You are listening to We Saw the Devil. This is Robin. And as discussed on the previous episode, this episode was intended to be a bit of an interview. Brittany came up with the idea of interviewing me so you listeners can get to know me a little bit better, get to know my background, why I founded this podcast, what I do in my free time, what I'm like, while simultaneously eating disgusting snacks that our Patreon patrons basically picked out to torture me with. So... I mean, this sounds a lot like the financial feminist where the host of the show had her best friend interview her because we just have to know more about her. Now that I'm so popular, you guys probably have a ton of questions about me. Yeah. And didn't Patrick Michael come up with this concept of people mailing him disgusting things to eat and him just eating it? Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, he just had. It was like two episodes ago. How do we mail... He said he would eat anything. There's a P.O. box or something for Patrick Michael? You could mail stuff to him? Yeah. Is that true? Well... Can we post that in the show notes? I feel like we should all be sending correspondence to Patrick Michael. Yeah. Because the guy's dropping the ball on podcasting right now. It's kind of... When we did the bonus show with Dick, we always do a Patrick Michael segment in the middle. And we did Dead Town with him uh, reading ghost stories. Now, that show went off the air in, I think, June or July. Unfortunately. I know. It's such a great show. Mm. But it was because I couldn't find more recent stuff. And maybe he's got three new podcasts I don't know about yet, but... I couldn't find any stuff that he's I doing right now. I kept refreshing the briefcase for the last three <laughs> days, hoping something new would come out. I've been doing no that with dice. Comedy Pot Pie. So Comedy Pot Pie. Which one is that? I don't even know that one. All right, so that's the guy, Michael Lane Jr., who they came out season two, Guns A-Blazing, calling us out for our review of their show. Oh, okay, right, yeah. Right? Did, so yeah. It, it's it's him and his friend Alyssa on there, and they came out, and, and they were like, oh, yeah, these guys suck. We're way better than them. Okay. We got way more listeners, all this stuff. They announced that their season two had started new episodes every Tuesday. They only put out that one episode, and they stopped. I don't know what happened. How many to them. weeks ago is this? A few weeks ago now. Oh, what are you doing over there? And then I go through my Facebook Messenger. Now people reach out to the show through our Facebook page. I'm terrible with keeping up with it. Mm-hmm. Terrible. Mm-hmm. So I go in there and I realize back in July, Alyssa reached out to us directly and had a really good sense of humor about it. She was like, hey, this is, you know, the, the woman you thought was Joan Rivers. I, you know, I, I do smoke 10 packs of cigarettes a day, whatever she was saying. You know? <laughs> it was fun. She had fun with it. So I wrote her back. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. I'm really, I'm sorry, you know, your buddy Mike there had a hard time with it. And then my message failed. I don't know if she blocked me or yeah. stopped her Facebook or something. So I wasn't mm-hmm. able to get in touch with her and yeah, let her know my true feelings. Maybe she's listening now. Listen, I, I'm you. sure you would have gained so many listeners by crossing over into their audience that was the whole point that was my game plan all along obviously so you played that clip where she says okay we're going to do this thing where we still do the true crime thing that's what you guys are here for but also we're gonna intertwine that with my friend interviewing me and then it never happens 
Like that's right. why yeah, yeah. I picked this show. I played that on the teaser last week because I wanted to hear her getting interviewed, and think she's important. Yeah, I couldn't find an episode where they right. did that. Two more episodes have come out, and the shit they still haven't done that. It's fucking bullshit. Don't make promises you can't keep. Seriously. I mean, this podcasting stuff is real serious. Yeah. If you're going to say you're going to do something, you when I think, follow through. When I think true crime, I think some woman eating a year-old Twinkie on the internet, eating disgusting things that the Patreon sends in. That's true oh, crime, right? I just remembered what that actually is from. Maybe it's Patrick Michael, but there was that other show with those two guys who are actually really popular, and I can't, I can't remember the name of them now. But we watched a YouTube video where they oh, just Tom ate. and Tom eat snacks or something. It wasn't that one, but yeah, it was something like that okay. where they were like on YouTube, like eating expired food or something like that. Yeah, I mean that's just endless entertainment <laughs> to watch people eat expired Doritos. Amazing. <laughs> They've had that flavor since '97. I can't yep. believe this guy. All right, so here's some more of their deep investigation. Only the way that Robin and Brittany can do it. And uh, this is actually Brittany who we'll get into. So one other thing that I noticed too in text messages, at least on an iPhone, I can't speak to Androids, but um, capitalization is interesting too. If you mm -hmm. start typing something and then you backspace it a little bit, it usually removes that automatic capitalized letter and goes to lowercase it would be interesting to see if we could compare capitalization between different messages that she's been sending in the past to some of these kind of mysterious looking ones and see if it looks like someone delayed or maybe was kind of second guessing before they sent something oh no that's really interesting absolutely well that's retarded so this woman goes i own an iphone so i can speak to this what it does is it capitalizes the first letter of every sentence when you're texting someone also i don't even know this safari default browser you get a new iPhone and you click a link, you're in Safari. Like, that's just how that works. Yeah, but I know we're talking about this case with Gabby. Right. We're trying to figure out what's going on. You're not some kind of handwriting expert when it comes to text <laughs> yeah. messaging. It'd be really interesting to see these text messages and see where the capital letters are, would it? <laughs> yeah. Would that solve the case yeah. there, Brittany? Oh, well, my autocorrect, I was typing fisting and it corrected it to fishing. So it's obviously not me. God, I feel like you've done that before, Andy. Yeah. That was your first example. <laughs> that was your very, Came up with that a little too quick. Very first I? example. Let's talk about the harsh editing that happens in this show. Just some stuff that's rough sounding. I highly suggest if you are interested in this case, you join the Facebook group Find Gabby. Otherwise, I will be posting the... You're not supposed to put the edit on top of the previous line. <laughs> You leave a little space in there, let it breathe a little bit. I guess she didn't know when she was doing the show what the name of the Facebook group was. So. Well, they got to get a new uh, producer or editor or Pops whatever. it in post, I suppose. <laughs> so this Gabby Petito story is national. We, Andy and I were just talking about it before we started the show. God. It's everywhere. Everyone's talking about, about it. it. It's, it's one fucking person who died. Can I just say that Dr. Phil is the world's biggest piece of shit? Because yeah. <laughs> this has been on the news <laughs> all week. Yeah. And... One of the things that I saw was Dr. Phil having an interview with the dad, and it says, previously recorded, and they've already discovered her dead body, mm, Yeah, and he has to just air an episode of an interview with the dad begging for information to find his daughter. It's, it's, it's a bad luck. After the fact. It's a bad luck. And you just have to fucking air it because it's a story that's in the zeitgeist. It's almost like he's exploiting the tragedy. Yeah. It's almost oh. like Dr. Phil lives off exploiting people's tragedies. It, yes. Okay. Now, <laughs> whoa, <it's>... whoa. <laughs> guys, that's not the Dr. Dr. Phil. Phil. I know. 
Speaking of that, let's get back to this podcast. Yeah, yeah. I just had to say that. Yeah, I yeah. saw that in the news, and so I was anyway, like, this guy's an asshole. This is, this is huge national news. You can't get away from it if you're living in the U.S., and they opine on why that is. I would like to talk about the case of Gabby Petito and Brian Laundrie. I guess the other reason this is probably making national news is that it's touched so many different states. No, it has nothing to do with how many yeah. states the guy drove through. It's because she's a hot <laughs> blonde who posted photos of herself all over the internet. Right. That's why it's a big news story. An Instagram woman that lots of people follow. <laughs> that you're going to spank it to. <laughs> like, a lot of guys like to follow her. Yes, I, I, was I would love to follow, follow her at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to go fishing. I mean, fisting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's talk about what happened in these poor people's tragic life where they're doing the hashtag van life. So if you don't know, Gabby and her boyfriend, Brian Laundry are uh, mm. driving across the country and staying at state parks and things like that. Well, they're up in Utah at one point and the weather's not great. So on August 23rd, they were in Salt Lake City. If you recall, the hurricane that went up through Mexico actually caused a great deal of storms, bad storms apparently, in the Salt Lake City area. So they were actually without power in their van. They had no power. They were staying at a hotel. Electricity went out. That doesn't make any sense, Rick! They had no power in their van? So their car battery died? That doesn't make... So generators run on gas. Right. right. So a van is like a generator with wheels and a roof on it. Yeah. When there's a bad storm, that's where you want to be is in your van. Right. The power went out in their van. I mean, that storm was really bad. Like, what? <laughs> what does that mean? It doesn't make any sense. And then they explain that because they didn't have Wi-Fi, because the power's out, they couldn't eat. They couldn't eat without Wi-Fi. <laughs> and Gabby called her dad and said, hey, dad, I'm hungry, cold. Like, do you mind? I have no Wi-Fi. Our Wi-Fi is out do you mind Uber eating us a pizza? And her dad did. He sent a pizza to the hotel. Aww. I know. <laughs> they read this as if it just makes perfect sense. If you could use your phone, you could order a pizza yourself. Yeah. She thinks that Uber's the only way to get pizza? I, I mean, I know it's 2021, but there's other ways to get pizza besides Uber. I, Dan, my app isn't working right now, and I'm starving to death. Can you please get on Uber Eats and right. tell them I'd like a pizza? If I was a dad, I'd be like, Call the fucking pizza place. They'll they'll deliver it to you. Yeah. That's their business model. That's how it works. And living in your car is what homeless people do. You're True. Not, it's not nobody recommends it. Right. And driving across country with the same person for weeks and weeks. I've I've been in a car <laughs> for, victim blaming. For, Here we go. Five, I've been in a car for five <laughs> hours with somebody and I want to murder them by the end of five hours. They're doing it. All day, every day. Your brother Joe, is that who you're going to say? <laughs> I, I, I knew it. He's I'm no, thinking of the Isotopes drummer, but whatever. He's no longer with us because of that. <laughs> you, you'll notice he hasn't been on the show in a minute. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Wow, watch, watch the uh, rumors. Yeah. <laughs> watch the rumors take yeah, off. It's a good thing like, you can do his voice. Like clip five. Yeah, yeah. Hey, All I'm right. Andy's brother Listen. Joe, and I'm still alive. <laughs> All right, what do you got, Andy? Clip five. Uh, okay. A couple months ago, they made the plunge, they finished up the van, and they uh, they created a YouTube channel, also a website, basically converted their social media handles into being, you know, that van life. Right. Right. And clip 13 is, uh, this is actual audio of Gabby Petito. I live in a van down by the river. <laughs> Jesus. I didn't know you were going to come here guns blazing on Gabby. They found her body just recently. The, the poor girl is dead. And he's cracking up laughing. And his mad Foley drop. God damn it. Wow. How do you not bring it up? 
Fair enough. Come on. No, that's a good point. All right. I'm going to bring up something that's totally unrelated to this because I want to get off the Gabby stuff. Um, so they have a Patreon. I think there's 136 people signed up on there. So they're they're real proud of that. And they do things on Patreon that we don't do on, on Who Are These Podcasts. I thought this was an interesting idea. Because, all right. So when you think about Patreon, and, and on the Creep Off Patreon, you get gifts after a few months that you're signed up on there. We, we send out merchandise. So... You know, it's, it's bonus episodes, but it could be other things. It could be like Vic's boobs or whatever. You know, all the different things that we give people who sign up for our Patreon. Right. So this is uh, thinking outside the box. And also for you patrons, we are doing the Halloween gift exchange again this year. Time is drawing nigh. You have about two more weeks to sign up for it. And in our Patreon, you can find the sign up link if you want to do the Halloween gift exchange for Halloween where I pair you with another patron and then you guys buy like cool, fun, fun gifts based on preferences. So we had a blast doing that last year and that is returning. Wait a second. So they get the people who subscribe to their show to buy each other gifts and that's a perk of Patreon? You could do that? Yeah. That's some bullshit right there. They are double dipping. <laughs> not, not only this with the Patreon, and I, I have a couple more clips about Halloween how- gift exchange. <laughs> what the fuck is that? I know it's not Christmas, asshole. I'm sorry, but no, that's fine. Um, but they are double dipping on their uh, their platform ads too, because I was listening to it on my Apple oh, podcasting, God. and it was. Like all ads. the same fucking HelloFresh ad back to back five times in the show. I heard Verizon. And then I went to iTunes to clip the show. Yeah. All different ads. Correct. Yeah. They're dynamically inserted. So I mean. Ads that they have. And there's a ton of ad spots in the show. And they don't do a good job of segueing to it. It just comes in in the middle of a conversation. Oh, right. Hard cut in the middle of a sentence. Yeah. I know. It's weird. But I mean, they're getting paid. So respect. You know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, it. Listen. If you are a boring bitch like a basic boring or even if you're just a you stupid fucking blabber mouth cunt <laughs> you could start a true crime show and start making money off of it tomorrow oh my god because this is what everyone is doing it's the easiest thing in the world to do just put out an episode called oh my gosh gabby is dead and yeah. you'll get a hundred million downloads and yeah. start selling advertising to toyota well before we get too far off this my clip 11 is them just you you know they they can't not make money off of the misery of other people and don't forget to go to wsdlove.com so you can enter to get free shit uh, i'll be picking one person each month to send a random cool true crime themed gift to <laughs> and if you leave us a five-star review you get an extra entry and not going to lie it even feels grody even doing that for this episode but i had to oh she admits oh, it i just had to I, I hate this, like, cool free gift thing. You know, it's like these uh, subscriptions you sign up for and they just send you a box of bullshit yeah. in the mail. Like, what kind of child needs to be surprised by what they purchased? Right. Oh, what, what did I buy this month? And Why don't you choose for yourself yeah. what you want to buy? When you, really, when you really get it, are you glad that you got it? I mean, I don't know, I don't know who's excited about that. But if anyone is, I think we should do that. And just put the most <laughs> yeah. random if bullshit you, in you there. you sign up for a $20 tier, I'll yeah. send you a used pair of underwear. <laughs> Something like Somebody's going to sniff that. <laughs> Could we get Vicks underwear, maybe, oh. to send out to our Come on, Patreon you're saying subscribers? Vicks underwear is more desirable than mine? I don't care what's more desirable. Right. I just want to send it to someone in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but next. It, you think... <laughs> Vicks says, oh, Jesus. I guess that's a no. 
I'll take that. She's as a, a married no. woman now, for God's sake. She's engaged. It'll it probably won't work out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So just when you think that it can't get any fucking lower, okay. There's even an even worse Patreon tier, clip twelve. That press release came out about 15 minutes after the press conference. Um, a couple of things, guys. Uh, I was watching this with our Patreon. So now you're watching. Okay. Let, let's all gather around the campfire and watch the misery of this family unfold. I want to watch it with Robin. You know, a press conference. Really exciting to watch with somebody else. Yeah. Could you stop talking? I'm listening to the press conference. For for $100, Robin will drive to the Petito house with you and ring the doorbell and ask the dad how he's doing. Because that's always like a good question yeah. to ask somebody that's just lost yeah. somebody. Hey, hi, how you doing? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm miserable and, and, you know, in the depths of despair. There is actually a $100 tier. Did you see that? Yeah. They have a $100 tier a month where they'll give you a shout out on their show or an ad for your business. So when you hear all these ads that are running, they're worth less than $100 a spot. Jesus. Not even a spot, because I guess I, w- once a month, whatever. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> all right, speaking of um, sending underwear in the mail. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I would say we just called some little bit of a little bullshit there. Just like a, just like a streak in the undies, though. Like, not a full... <laughs> It's not like a full dump of shit. <laughs> what the hell is that? I've never heard that before. <laughs> like, this guy's full of shit. I mean, not like a pile of shit, but like, you know, a streak. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sounds fun. I'm into it. Um, all right. Well, let's talk more about Brittany. Are you ready to get into this? Yeah, please. Brittany, this is the episode that came out before the body was found of Gabby. Hmm. And so Brittany wants to do everything she can to make sure that Gabby's safe and she'll be found and she'll be okay. Like, I cannot even, I mean, if you're a praying person, if you are someone who like meditates and puts good feels out there, her family needs that. Could everybody please vibrate in a way that brings Gabby back to life? I just need you to manifest this through your vibrations, just please. Just manifest one Gabby. Just manifest Gabby already. What are you guys doing? We told you how to do this. You vibrate. It's that easy, people. Come to my seminar. Andy. Yeah? They get a little um, salty with the listeners at the beginning of this one episode I listened to. And it's funny because... When you get feedback, like I read feedback all the time on subreddit, Twitter, Discord, email. And it's always dead on, right? Yeah. It's always super productive, and I always appreciate it. So they come on, and they're a little shitty with the audience that's messaging them information about their show. It's true. And on top of that, guys, I'm, like, searching right now in front of me. Like, I'm looking everywhere, and I don't. Yeah, no, I'm I'm coming up empty. I've I've no fucks to give. There's none here. I I'm Robin, do you have any do you have a spare? Behold the field in which I grow my fucks, and you will see that it is barren. So she doesn't care about your feedback at all. And then she goes on to explain how much research she does. We do a whole bunch of research. We are going off of at least two sources every time we put something together. Mm -hmm. But as you guys have seen with these different document dumps that have been coming out, sometimes things kind of change a little bit. And we have to, like, change dates slightly or more information comes out so we get the full picture. 
just be like cool about it. You know, like if you're not having fun, like go do something fun. I've got information, man. New shit has come to light. Sometimes we tell you information that's completely wrong, and then you call us out and go fuck yourself. Right. Because it's not my fault, and what do you want from me? Go watch a baseball game if you don't like listening yeah, to my podcast. because true crime's supposed to be fun. Yeah. You're like, keep it fun. <laughs> I know. We're all having fun here. Well, Gabby's not having a lot yeah, of fun. Her family, family's, yeah. family's not having so much uh, fun. Yeah. Brian Laundry's on the lamb. He's not having a lot of fun, all but right. we're all having fun. Yeah, clip eight. They really got this right. Also, as of 6 p.m. this evening, Brian Laundrie became a person of interest officially, like on the record, according to the Northport police, which obviously he was a person of interest, but it definitely means something when it's formally put out, say, like in a press release, right? Oh, it's huge. I mean, because now what you've just basically told the nation is don't let this guy leave your sights. Like this is this guy is not leaving. Right, exactly. Whoops. <laughs> yeah, you got that right. No way he's going to get Well, where'd he go? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Damn it. Stay right there, mister. Didn't you? <laughs> I heard a report that he was spotted in Canada. I can't even get to Canada right now. They're not letting anybody in. I don't understand how this guy is slipping through the border. It's impressive. But whatever. Enough about Gabby Petito. Why am I actually talking about that case? <laughs> It's got me roped in. Let's talk about the introduction of Brittany. So Brittany is the sass of the show. Robin started the show. Robin's like the host. And Brittany's the sassy one who brings the energy and the jokes. Okay. All right, everyone. I think all of you know who's back. (laughs) Holy shit. Am I saying it's Brittany bitch right now? Did you set me up for a it's Brittany bitch? Do it. Do it. Uh, It's an honor and a pleasure. (laughs) It's Britney, bitch. Thank you. That was all that I was waiting for. (laughs) So Britney likes to start off the show by saying it's Britney, bitch, which is her fun little way of getting things rolling. Wow. And then when she does get things rolling, she's got some great analogies. I mean, imagine all the stuff that we've seen so far. We're only seeing the iceberg that's been dropped on us the last couple of days. Right. That's not how that saying goes at all. We're only seeing the iceberg that's been dropped on us. (laughs) Icebergs do not get dropped. Yeah. It's a bomb that got dropped. Right. She, we're only seeing the iceberg. iceberg. You mean the, the t- you mean the tip of the iceberg? Because what the way that okay, all right. And then this is also just the dumbest thing. Try to decipher what she's talking about here. Okay. All right, Robin. Let's see those Vegas guesses come out. Let's get some betting going. If you can guess Jerry's wife's name, I don't know. I don't have a good win. Yeah. Uh, what do you want? You you lose. <laughs> because i like didn't think so lifetime couldn't keep it separate so they had to change this name jerry valo's wife's name is melanie it's correct yeah <laughs> let's get some vegas guesses going what's a vegas guess <laughs> i know there's gambling and betting going Odds on making. i know there's there guessing <laughs> going on in vegas guess my way to win a hundred thousand ships <laughs> what are we talking about vegas guessing um, I don't think that these people know what the fuck they're talking about. And here's another example of that. They're talking about the Lori Vallow case and they're talking about, uh, Nate Eaton was interviewing someone and heard some words he'd never heard before. I'm almost positive that you can almost like watch Nate Eaton make a mental note to go to urban dictionary after that interview and like figure out what is a see you next Tuesday. Like I'm not entirely sure what that word meant. Do you think there's a person who doesn't know what cunt means? 
have to go to Urban Dictionary to look up cunt? Is that what you think? You stupid fucking blabbermouth cunt! <laughs> I bet you know what it means. I bet you do. I listened to another episode that I thought really it's a bit of a crossover with a creep off uh story that you guys oh, great. did if you'll remember the brian that's right i forget that i'm the master of true crime podcasting right. so i <laughs> speak from a place of authority here we do have more yeah. patreon subscribers than uh what's this show called we saw, we saw the, the devil, devil. in we clip 10 the carl yes. they talk about the brian riley case who was the commando ex-military guy that was looking for amber and he went and killed a whole family and was torturing yeah. the little girl yeah god told him that uh, amber was being sex trafficked right by this family so he murdered everyone so uh what is this Brittany the main host or which robin, robin is the Robin's main host, the main host yeah. so she's explaining to the audience this story and it kind of speaks to the people that are listening to this yeah the way she explains it okay but, you know, she's talking down to her audience a little bit a little bit <laughs> okay the girl insisted that she didn't know an Amber, no one by that name lived in that home, and so Riley shot her in the thigh and told her to tell him the truth. Again, she doubled down and was like, I don't know what you're talking about, and so he shot her in the stomach after counting down from three. Like, three, two, one. <laughs> counting down from three? What does that mean? Fucking show off. What, 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 is, what is she talking about? Fucking thing sucks. There's no words there. I don't understand. <laughs> Andy, let's see if we can play a little game here. Now, Robin is talking about a movie that made her cry. Let's see if we can figure out what movie it is. But I'm legitimately like the last person. I cried in the opening credits, right, of um, what's that movie? I can't even think now. The one about the lab. The one about the lab. Was it Young Frankenstein? Did you cry Tw at that? 28 Days Later. Uh, Spider-Man? Mm, <laughs> Dr. About... Jekyll and Mr. Hyde? <laughs> the one about the lab. <laughs> the fuck are you talking Gets about? Gets me every time. <laughs> <laughs> I love that they're, I love their rapport and their back and forth. Like, Robin relies on Brittany to have the answers oh. and know what's going on. His trial is currently scheduled for November 8th through December 17th. Do you think that's going to be altered or moved or rescheduled? I mean, I have no idea. <laughs> Why would Brittany know? She's a moron. <laughs> what do you think is going to happen with this trial? How the fuck would I know? I just, I watch television all day and I do a podcast. What do you mean? <laughs> oh, yeah. This is another thing that Brittany, I don't think she understands what this word means. If Melanie was his best friend and she literally never saw Charles lose his temper and she admits that she was with Lori on a daily basis, that's at least statistically significant, I'd say. Mm -hmm. No, I, I completely agree. You agree with that? Statistically significant has to do with statistics. You would need a certain sample size in order for it to be statistically significant. You can't have three people out of 10 and say, well, 30% of everyone has this trait because it's not statistically significant. <laughs> you stupid fucking blabbermouth cunt. <laughs> the one thing though that I am excited about is they also have the rule like we do here. We do not discuss the show with each other beforehand and neither do they. <laughs> what, what sort of cult talk did you hear when you were listening to Sherry? No cult talk in this whatsoever. Damn. I know. Go fish again, then. Yeah, I know. 
Um, yeah, nothing. Well, <laughs> nice work. Nice work, you two. Speaking of blabbermouth cunts, in yeah. clip three, I just want to like point out that we're living in a world full of fucking busybodies. So basically what happened is on August 12th, a police officer responded to a, a domestic call. Apparently, someone witnessed a young couple fighting. They reported a man taking a woman by the mouth and pushing her. Obviously, that was enough to warrant a phone call to the police, right? If I can't face mush my jabber jaw girlfriend, I don't want to live in this country anymore. <laughs> I'm with you. Hey, officer, thanks so much for checking on this. Um, She was being kind of an asshole. She so. was being a blabbermouth cunt. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I believe if you watch that body cam footage, I believe the cop was just like, yeah, I got an ex-wife. I get it. Like, yeah. like, like, literally, right. the cop's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> my clip four kind of follows that up, Carl. They maintain the same story. Uh, he decided to de-escalate. Brian ended up staying in a hotel with police assistance that evening. Gabby stayed in the van. They separated them for the evening, and then they got back together, and by all accounts, they went on their way. But again, I will post this police report for that. It has finally been made public. It's definitely worth reading, and I don't think it's quite what any of us expected. Yeah, it's not what we expected. You expect the guy to get arrested right. <laughs> immediately. It sounds like he's staying in a hotel room with the cops just drinking beers, You're talking right. about blabbermouth cunt. Yeah. <laughs> hey, can I spill your figure? All right, yeah. yeah. She's, she's pretty hot. Yeah. But she's also crazy. A Facebook group of women on the internet did not expect that. So what you just played there is a perfect example of them saying there's a police report. We'll post it on our website. They're always posting shit on their website. You can go check it out if you want to. Why don't you tell us the interesting parts of it? Like, that's the whole point of your show is you read the police report and tell me what's interesting about it. No, just it's interesting. Go read it. <laughs> they do the same thing where they're talking about this vo this uh, phone call between this woman of interest, Melanie Gibb, and someone else. And they posted a whole phone call. This is, again, in the, the Lori Vallow case. And you would think that they would be talking about it, pulling clips of it. Okay. So for this particular one, if you guys want to get a taste of how uh, Melanie sounds, would they, would people be able to hear it within like 10 seconds of the recording? Five, five, five. Okay. Five so, immediately. so we'll save you. We'll save five. you the rest of the call. You guys go listen to the first five seconds. You get a taste of that. But I'm telling you, you've got sweet angel face Melanie over here at Nate Eaton. Mm -hmm. What is this? A scavenger hunt? <laughs> I got to go find all this content for you and figure it out. Hey guys. Uh, take a minute, go watch Stuttering John's latest YouTube video, and then come back here, and I'll tell you why he sucks. <laughs> this is very lazy podcast. interactive podcast. Very lazy, in my opinion. But yeah. what do I know? I don't know. I don't know as much as Brittany does, because Brittany is a parent, which is scary. Yeah. So they're explaining that, now again, I'm getting into details of this case, but it kind of sets up this this clip. What happened was... Brian and Gabby are doing this, you know, cross-country adventure. All of a sudden, Gabby stops contacting the parents. She's in regular communication with them, and all of a sudden, she's not. Brian then all of a sudden shows up back at home in Florida with the van and no Gabby. So the parents of Gabby are calling the laundries, like th this guy's parents, because right. they live together with his parents. And like, what, what's up? What's, what's going on? And they refuse to talk to the parents of Gabby. Like, everyone in that family is just, like, lawyered up, like, we're not talking about it kind of thing. Right. Now, Andy, you and I, and even producer Chris probably know that that's not appropriate behavior. Like, it's strange. It's strange. Yes. When you know that your daughter is dating these people's son, and they won't talk to you when she's missing, 
even though they were just out. And they've been like lifelong friends. Yeah, they've been right. together since like middle school. S- suddenly radio It's silence. almost, I mean, I could be out of school here, but suspicious. It's almost <laughs> suspicious. But how would we know that? Because yeah. we're not even no. parents. How would we know that? I'm a parent. Well, if I had any other parent call me asking about their child, there's like this basic understanding that you help parents. Like that's just, mm-hmm. you do that. We're, we're in charge of two things as parents. Like, you keep your kid in line, keep them safe and protected, and then you kind of look out for the other ones around you. You know, like that's that's what you do. Why would the parents not talk? Exactly. Brilliant insight, Brittany. Yeah. I had no idea that's how that worked. <laughs> Rob is like, I'm not a parent, but I eat like I have a family of four. <laughs> <laughs> I eat like I'm pregnant, so I get it. <laughs> yeah. I, by the way, I don't know what these women look like. No, I'm, I couldn't I'm... find... <laughs> Images of them anywhere on the internet. We're making jokes. Makes me suspicious, <laughs> I want to say. But these ladies do have some fun. Oh, they, they get into Which it. She's eating snacks on a podcast. That's, okay, that's, a good, that's a good point. Yeah, that's true. I never thought once to have a gimmick of, hey, if you like the show, send me snacks. Yeah, on a true crime <laughs> podcast. I've never thought that. Yeah, that's a good point. All right. So, in your opinion, do you think Melanie Gibbs should get an attorney? <laughs> no, because God is on her side, Brittany. That's right. <laughs> 10 points. <laughs> Winning answer. Oh, they're having so much fun. <laughs> no, she's religious. <laughs> what a dummy. <laughs> Good one. I guess I haven't been taking this story very seriously because I know that my mother was just in Moab on vacation. Oh, yeah. So I just assume it was her that did all this. Mm, very possible. Yeah. She's usually up to something. So I found this show to be mostly boring. Very monotone. They just talk about the cases and they give you the updates. And I guess that's all it takes these days to have a semi-successful true crime podcast with tons of advertising in it. Mm. I don't know. What what were your takeaways? Anything I'm missing here with this show? No, not really. It's just another example of people trying to sell stamps.com on the back of people's misery. Yeah. You know who can't get better help is Gabby Petito, but you can. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, God. (laughs) And she was found, her body was found wearing me undies. (laughs) The most comfortable underpants any dead person could ever wear. You stupid fucking blabbermouth cunt! (laughs) All right, that brings us to... Cringe of the week. Cringe of the week. And these are coming in once again from our buddy Adam Thoreau who's listening to every shitty podcast on the planet, apparently, <laughs> including a show that we're going to have to uh, eventually just make a main segment. Sweet. The Stoner Chicks podcast. Oh, they, just yeah. the dumbest, <laughs> they just say the dumbest yeah. shit all the time. In the article, the author did state this was only observed by a researcher one time. So you really have to give that kind of a grain of, a, grain of salt. You have to give that a grain of salt. A grain of salt. It's not how that goes at all. It's not even close. All right, here's another fun one. This is a podcast that is called 365 Stories I Want to Tell You Before We Both Die. This is coming from a man who is soon to be divorced, telling a story that sounds like a crime to me. And I remember I was like in this dorm room of a friend because my wife had basically thrown me out of her apartment. Uh, and I was just me and Amin, who is now about, I don't know, maybe seven or eight. I don't know. And uh, I was smoking some pot out of a bong. And he was like, what's that? And I didn't know what to say, so I just said, um, it's like for a cold, if you have a cold, uh, it's good for your throat. And he was like, can I try it? And I was kind of like, okay, sure. 
And so he smoked some pot out of a bong when he was like eight, and he, he got really high. That sounds like a bad idea. Holy shit. <laughs> that sounds like something you shouldn't do in that talk about. That boy turned out to be producer Chris. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that boy turned out to be stuttering John. <laughs> I want to thank our friend Huige, who put together a fun little song for us. You familiar with um, that tune Amadeus from yes. the 80s? Yes. <laughs> this, is, this is pretty fun. This is a sad day for me. Can't get it up. And this guy's got kielbasa. I couldn't come. But here's the thing. It, like, I enjoy it. I miss me. 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 I miss penis. 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 Nice work. Fantastic. That's a catchy ditty. That will be in my head for quite a while. So I look forward to that drop, the I Miss Penis drop. Oh, my gosh. It's, of every show. It's so funny. You know what? I miss penis. And then let the boners begin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's that's a fresh one from Opie. We'll get into that in a minute. But Great. first, a little tease there. Yeah. Coming up uh, after the top of the hour, we got traffic, we got weather, then we got Opie yeah. coming up. Next week starts Jocktober, Andy. Whoa. An entire month dedicated to radio Exciting. jockeys, I guess, yeah. is what you'd call them. Right. Whether they're on the radio or podcasting, we will find you, we will hunt you down, and we will goof on you. Mm. So, as we know, we've been talking about it for months. Richard Ojeda, centering John's BFF, has been booked to be on the Bill Maher show. Yeah. And John immediately, when he heard this news... Well, immediately he said, well, why, how do they find you? Yeah. insulting. Trying to shoehorn himself And then he's like, hey, maybe I, can go, maybe I can go there too, or you can put in a good word or tell him I do a show or whatever. So then it turned into, I'll drive you there. And, you know, Richard's like, well, they're going to send a car for me. It's, you know, they're, they're flying in first class from West Virginia. It's an HBO show. They have, they have a couple bucks. Yeah. Anyway, so now John's talking to Richard Ojeda in the airport. This is a Thursday show. He's flying to L.A. to go on the Bill Maher show. And this is Richard at the airport talking to Suttering John. Army Major. Yeah. So you're about to get on a plane. Yeah. And you're coming out to do Bill Maher, and you now have disinvited me. No, no, that ain't me, brother. That ain't me. By the way, he's wearing a mask. He's talking to his, his phone. Yeah. So it's not a great sounding connection or whatever. So, all right. He's like, John has been disinvited. Call me when you get there. <laughs> We're going to get together, my man. We're going to get together. Well, so just so everybody knows, Richard was told that he can't, you know, that he, you know, he's only allowed to bring it like his, like his buddy who's coming with them. And, um, but they're flying your first class, which is pretty cool. So Richard was told he's only allowed to bring a plus one. Now, TV show tapings, have you ever been to one before? No. They're free. 
Yeah, okay. They don't make money off of charging people. They don't care. They oh. just want people there. Yeah, they yeah. People yeah. there, laughing, reacting, so you're whatever. you're saying that John could go and sit in the audience. I'm saying it's nuts that they would tell a guest they could only bring one person. <laughs> Why do they give a fuck? Yeah, that's pretty sweet. And But, you know, it's all good, Richie, because I, you know, I have a stand-up show in... Uh, Apple Valley, so so you know, so it's fine. I've been to Bill Maher already. I don't, you know, I don't really have to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, listen, I just wanted to say good luck, man. If you need any jokes or anything, if you need any help, um, call me tomorrow and tell me, and you know, and I'll come up with some stuff for you. Yeah, let's let's definitely get together. Let's meet you in the house. Try to see if we can't link up, man. He doesn't even entertain the. Yeah, I might need jokes yeah. that you write. He's just like, no, we'll we'll get together. That's fine. Let's I want meet you in hell. And he goes, yeah, and I want hell there too. Like we all have that friend that we only hang out with if we're hanging out with our other friend. <laughs> like that's the hell connection. He's like, well, I want to hang out with hell if you're there too, whatever. <laughs> but I love that stuttering John, who's been begging. We'll get into this, begging everyone to write him jokes for his DC trip. Is like, if you want me to write you jokes for the Bill Maher show. Yeah. I'll ask somebody to do it for you. And he's going to do it the day of the show, of the taping, too. Yeah, just give me a call tomorrow when you get into LA, and just I'll just riff with you. We'll come up with a bunch of stuff for you to say. So thankfully, he doesn't even entertain that. I have to watch his appearance on there and see <laughs> Good what Good luck like. in Apple Valley. Dude, this Apple Valley comedy show. I saw the poster for it. Oh, does it, I told him once. I told him a hundred times. It's Stuttering John first, puppet show last. <laughs> exactly. Dude, it's it's hosted by some nobody, and then it says featuring, and it's got John and two other nobodies. So he's not even the headliner. I don't know. I thought he was a headliner. This guy told him that once in Vegas. The other thing that John is doing now is he's ranting up and down about Joe Rogan. <laughs> okay. And he thinks that he's the only person who's ever called out Joe Rogan for saying ivermectin helped him get over COVID. This is pretty well documented, but no, John thinks that he's the only one. Speaking of Baba Booey, let me just say this again. Look. Can you swallow first? I know that Baba Booey is listening to my show. I know it is a fact. I've heard it from my, I've heard it from my moles that he listens on the way home. To the house that tooth built and let me just tell you it seems like everything i say a week later howard stern copies my rhetoric i know it sounds crazy but howard stern but i believe you know baba Bowie goes hey wolf stuttering john is beating up on joe rogan for promoting anti-vaxxer rhetoric maybe we should too Wolf. and then that's what howard does he gets all the headlines because he's way more famous than me. But, hey, let's face it. He's following my lead. All right, so John thinks that he's the one who first came out and called out Joe Rogan. Now, when Joe Rogan came back after getting over COVID, he had Tom Segura on, the ve- listen to the show. It's three hours long. The very first thing he says is, I mentioned I took ivermectin that was prescribed by a doctor, and it's all over the news. It's all anyone's talking about. John's not the person who's leading this charge. Yeah. He's like, I might sue CNN over this because they're lying that it's this, this horse dewormer and it's prescribed to people for a number of reasons. And it helped me. He's the other thing too. is so funny about this. So John's going on there and going, yeah, you know, Howard Stern's only talking about it because I was talking about it. That's where he gets all of his notes <laughs> of whatever I say. And he's such a delusional retard. Even if, Howard had said something that only John was talking about. There'd still be no way in hell you'd connect those dots and think that Howard is now go through Baba Booey 
trying to figure out what to talk about on his show through starting John. But this is something that literally everyone has talked about. Yeah. Literally everyone. And there isn't a podcast I've listened to that hasn't talked about Joe Rogan having COVID and using ivermectin. And then Stuttering John goes off on the rant of all rants. Joe Rogan's a blockhead. He's a dumbass. I used to actually like the dude. I'm not saying I don't like him. But <laughs> I think you are. Saying is so ridiculous and can cause deaths of lives, Joe. You are responsible for those people that are listening to your dumbass podcast and are taking horse what was it? Stool relax? What the hell is that crap? No. Evectomectin uh, or whatever you call it. Deworming. Horse deworming. And you're telling people to take that, Joe? You know what happens, Joe? They listen to you. You're an influencer. And then they take it. And then they die. Jesus Christ. He's and so who's stupid. responsible, Joe? You might say they are. Nah, nah, you won't, because they look up to you. I don't know why, but they do. <laughs> and they listen to you like they listen to the dotard Donald Trump. And I'm telling you, the blood is on your hands, Joe. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just remember that. The blood is on your hands. Then again, you love watching. Uh, you love blood. You love the UFC and the barbaric beating the hell out of each other. You know, you love that, that anyway. Uh, what? You're a lunatic, Joe. All right. <laughs> Joe Rogan, not only a much more successful guy than Centering John, more intelligent any way you can measure intelligence. Any single way you would measure intelligence, Joe Rogan is vastly superior to Centering John in every way. Sure. This guy's a blockhead. He's telling people to take ivermectin and then they die. Joe Rogan never told anyone to take ivermectin. Yeah, a doctor prescribed it to him. A doctor prescribed it to him. He got over it in three days. He he was just telling his story. If I got COVID and my doctor told me to take ivermectin, I would take it. Right. Yeah, a lot of people have, actually. And then this whole thing where John's making up the people have died because of Joe Rogan. Could you document one case of this? The blood is on your hand. Like, whoa, that escalated quickly. (laughs) Jesus Christ. That was fucking out there. There could be a lawsuit coming down the pike. (laughs) (laughs) It wouldn't be from... uh, Stuttering John's camp this time. So let's get back to this conversation he was having with David Feldman, the writing partner of Robert Smigel. Oh, my God. This is legendary. I I just started talking about it last week. I didn't get into it enough. Oh, my God. It's so funny. It's great. This is amazing. So when we left off last week, he had been talking about how Triumph the Insult comic dog had ripped off Stuttering John's act, and he wanted to beat up Robert Smigel on The Tonight Show because the... Dog goofed on John. Yeah. <laughs> right. the dog hurt, but the dog puppet hurt my feelings. Yeah. And then he started getting into how Sasha Baron Cohen also has ripped off Stuttering John's yeah. character. A truly from the talented Stern person show. is ripping him off. A talented British person who probably had never heard of Howard Stern yeah. before he started Ollie G. Certainly not heard of real, Stuttering John. Real good chance he's never heard of it. I was actually reading in our subreddit, people from England were in there talking about it. And they're like, we don't know anything about American radio. Right. Why would we listen to someone talking about New York City? Yeah. We don't give a shit. We have our own people who do that kind Producer of Producer Chris, quick, name one British radio personality. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. Ricky Gervais, does that count? <laughs> <laughs> Maynard? No, that's Australia. That's Australia. <laughs> well, same thing, right? Oh, Simon and Taylor, right? Patrick Michaels' character. Oh, right. <laughs> yes. That's a good poll right there. My bad. So let's... 
get caught back up again. Sorry. This is David telling John that he owes both Smigel and Sasha apologies. So, yes. I mean, pranking, you didn't invent pranking people. I never said I did, David. Well, I'm just You're saying, missing the point. I think you owe Smigel Steve. and Sasha an apology. That's what no, I, I don't. I, I think. think I do. <laughs> no. All right. So he goes, you owe them an apology because here you are calling them out and they've done nothing to you. Multiple they, times. Yeah, multiple times. Over a over year. Over multiple episodes. Yeah. So finally, John admits he doesn't have a patent on asking stupid questions. I'm just saying, they say, hey, love your work, bro. Yeah, I'm glad we're doing this. You know, I'm not, I, I don't have a patent on asking stupid questions. So he's saying he just needs to be acknowledged. Yeah, he wants somebody to pay him respect. Right. He just wants somebody a friend. To... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to be acknowledged. And I want to say, John, that won't fix what's broken in your life. No. If Robert Smigel came out and tweeted tomorrow, I owe my career to stuttering John Melendez, it wouldn't fix a damn thing in your shitty fucking life. Your miserable existence would continue to be miserable right. in every single way. Plus, we'd all know it was sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be dripping with sarcasm if he were to write that. So he goes on to explain that they should have been nice to him. Like, that's the only thing he ever wanted. He wanted those guys to be nice to him. And this is where David starts giving him some life advice. David, all I was saying, he, he, like, he could at least be nice to me. That's all. Well, you know, I believe in unconditional love. And I think if you had given Sasha and Triumph unconditional love and forgiveness, they'd be in your life right now. You have to you have to give people the benefit of the doubt and love them and appeal maybe to the better. He got, maybe he got neutered that day. I don't know. It could be. But but if you forgive people, if you it took me a long time to learn this. But if you realize that most people aren't thinking about you. And if you just give them the benefit of the doubt, they're, they they like you. Yeah, so this is some real-life advice. And this guy is a comedian who's going on to promote his show. He has a podcast, too. He's going on centering John's beer on the balcony. Bad move. No, yeah. one, no one's really going to hear that. <laughs> and then John immediately into, hey, that guy that you that your writing partner, he's an asshole. And so is this guy, Sasha Baron Cohen. And the guy's like, well, I'm a fan of Sasha. And I, I know Robert Smigel. Not, he's not an asshole. I know that for a fact. Maybe it's you. That's the problem. And then John explains that, yeah, right. If you met Sasha, you would know what a prick he was. I will bet you, yeah. Dave, the next, if you ever meet Sasha Baron Cohen, you are going to come back on this show and tell me that guy's a prick. Only if I want, only if I wanted something for it. If if I go into, I'm a fan of Sasha's. Yeah. Right. So I would think he's a prick if I went into it like a child. I'm not calling you a child. Yes, you are. But if I went into meeting him, wanting something from him that he can't give me. Yes. Yeah. This, this is the, the crux of it, is that John had these expectations that he was going to get praised when he met Sasha. He wants everyone to be like, John, I'm such a huge fan of yours. You're stuttering John. I can't believe it. It's mm -hmm. so amazing. Right. He's not getting that from these guys. Right. And he's offended by it. And that's like what a child needs. Yeah. To be told that they're amazing all the time. It happens. I, every time I hear a story about like somebody meeting a celebrity that was a dick, it's usually you running up to somebody and saying, can I have a picture? Can I have something? Can right. you give me something? Correct. If you meet Steve Martin and you say, 
I love your work. Thank you. He's not a dick to you. Correct. If you say, can I have a picture? And he says no. Oh, he's the world's biggest asshole. Right. Right. It, you don't realize that that experience that you just had is his life every day, right. 2,000 times a right. day. It gets, yeah. it gets old. Yeah. It gets annoying. So this is a longer clip. We can pause it in here. But John is saying, you don't understand, David. These people should have common courtesy. When I say hello to them, they should say hello to me back like I do because I'm an amazing person. <laughs> That's so good. So I would think common he's a courtesy? Wait. So to say hello, to say hi <laughs> is <laughs> so drunk. So, like, would you, you grow up? Don't mess people I didn't. I, if <laughs> I, I need hello? Anybody, how, how often in New York? Do people say hello? David, David, I've done the John Stewart show. I've done Conan show. I've done the Tonight Show with Jay Leno. I go there. I say hi to everybody. To, from a page to the announcer. Bullshit. To the band leader. The page. To the host. Yeah. yeah. Right. I am I I I want to be a nice person. I want to be a nice person. Someday. He goes, yeah. I love that he goes to the page. The page is like, I don't know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm tricking you. like Smigel and Sasha Baron Cohen don't share that same common courtesy that I intend to do when I go to a show. Right. Now, but, but, but how is I that? Shouldn't run, but I shouldn't saying, expect hey, people hey, to hey. be just like me. But how are you? You're you're painting yourself as somebody who gives everybody common courtesy, but you're not extending common courtesy oh. to to Triumph or Sasha. <laughs> how is that? How are you being? How are you being polite? Because they didn't giving? say hello. They, they didn't say hello. So it's all about you, as opposed to what they need. What does what Sasha Baron? What does Sasha Baron Cohen need they when need he's privacy coming on a show? from you? What does he need? Did you ever think what can I do for Sasha to make sure you work on this is on the Tonight Show, right? What am I gonna do? Go get him coffee? Yes. Yeah. So this is yeah. hilarious because John's explaining that he's like a, a perfect person and he's always so nice and gracious to everyone. Well, except for the fact that we know that he, he used Anthony Kumia's studio and all the engineers there didn't tip them a penny. They worked for free, drank all the beer, went to Anthony's house, drank all his tequila, played poker with his friend's money. Yeah. Like, we know that John is not a courteous person. He's a taker. He's a taker. Yeah. And now here he is. And David Feldman's trying to explain this to him. God bless. I got to get David on I, show. I have no idea how he's toughed it out this long. I would have hung up 20 minutes ago. I would have been like, I'm talking to a lunatic. Yeah. Like, this is the definition of being bitter. He didn't say hi to me 15 years ago. He's an asshole. <laughs> And I, I say it on my show every day. This guy's an asshole. He didn't say hi to me. John, are you bitter? No, I'm not bitter. No, that, that, no, that's the definition of being bitter. You moron. You fucking dumb moron. So this guy is explaining to him, well, you were looking for something from them. And really, this is on you. It's, I mean, what you should have been thinking is, these people are on my show. I'm the announcer of The Tonight Show. What can I do for them to make them comfortable, to make sure they have a great appearance? And he says, what, what am I supposed to do? Get him coffee like John's a big shot. And David goes... Yeah, yeah, do do whatever it takes. This is a continuation after that clip. Yes. <laughs> Again, are, were you working on the show? Were you working on the show? 
I was the announcer, man. You're the announcer, so it's your it's your show. It's your show. You should. That's why I came in and said hello, and Smigel blew me (laughs) off. Did you bring him anything? Did you bring him a bagel? I bring him my handsomeness and charm. Did you hear John's reaction to David saying, "Well"? Listen, you should be thinking about what you can do for them yeah. rather than what they can do for you. It's, it's, it's laughable, laughable to him. Like, I'm the celebrity in yeah. this situation. What are you talking about? Why would I do that? I'm the announcer and a staff writer. Yeah. for the. T- Maybe you don't know who I am, David. I'm a professional fake laugher. It's not my job to do nice shit for people. <laughs> so then John turns this conversation into, apparently he reached out to David Feldman to write jokes for him for the DC trip. <laughs> Let me reset this if, if people aren't aware of what's going on here. Stuttering John's next big thing that he's going to do is he's going to fly to Washington, D.C. with a camera crew, and he's going to sneak up on Republicans and ask them crazy questions, like he used to do when he was on the Howard Stern show. Mm-hmm. But this is going to be political. And so he's been reaching out to friends of his who are writers to have them write jokes. Now, Jackie didn't return his email. And apparently David wasn't into it either. You you wanted something from him. You weren't me, you were taking take, you were coming to take something from him. Hold on, David. David, I have another freaking I have a bone to pick with you here. Why you're a Democrat. Sorry. You do not like the same people I don't like, like Marjorie Taylor Green, Lauren Bober, Kevin McCarthy, Josh Hawley. We we share this sentiment that they're destroying the fabric of our democracy. Yet, I asked you if you could write a couple of questions, like a couple of funny questions, because I'm going to go to D.C., and you turned me down. Yes, I did. So that's super awkward. Could you imagine having a guest on your show? Now, this guy's doing John a favor. He's coming on his show, Beer on the Balcony, which, by the way, Tammy Pescatelli just stood him up for. John <laughs> had to do the show by himself. <laughs> she was having family issues or whatever, which is fucking hilarious. So this guy actually follows through, does this show that's watched by no one. Watched by nobody. It's statistically significant. <laughs> it's an insatistically, it's a statistically insignificant number of people. I'll get it right. And uh, so he goes on, he's spending his time with John, and John calls him out for turning him down to do this this writing project. I'm going to force you to tell me it's a bad idea. Right! <laughs> it's a bad idea. He does tell him that. Yes, I did. And I'm sorry. Why? Uh, you're, you're, you're putting me in, a, in an awkward position. <laughs> yeah. This is amazing. <laughs> Am I, David? You know, I'm just fucked with you, but this is so I amazing. Know, I, uh, we don't need to talk about why I said no, but the point, let's go back to. Is it because that you have an obligation to only the dog? No, I have an obligation only to my ex-wives. <laughs> All right. So David's trying to have fun with it. Like, this is yeah. insane. John's like, why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you do it? I asked you to, you said, no, why, why not? What's the problem? Like, that's a private conversation. If you, right. Even if you want to have it, which you shouldn't. Yeah. Someone says no, it's no. The answer is no. This is like a dumped boyfriend yes. confronting an ex-girlfriend. Why did you dump me? Yeah, this is like him talking to the lesbian at the bar. Why Why can't I have sex with you? Yeah. Why don't you want to have sex with me? Don't you miss penis? The answer is, it's a bad idea. It's going to be a failure, and I don't want to be involved with it. Well, it's funny, too, because when John sent him the note, he never talked about it paying anything. Yeah. <laughs> 
and, and, <laughs> Dave, not. and David said wouldn't. something. He's like, well, people pay me to write jokes. It's my job. I'm a professional yeah. comedian. Um, so John, they get off into another conversation because David's just trying to steer it away from this conversation. Like, I don't know why you're bringing this up, John. I'm only going to humiliate you. You're asking me why I don't want to do this. I'm only going to say things you don't want to hear. You don't want going on the internet. But then John has to bring it back to that conversation again. He interrupts him to talk about it. David, I'll do you. I'll do you one better because I'm because I'm going to do these interviews in D.C. Okay. So if you come on on the field with me, then you know, just give me a price. I'll figure out. How are you at dumping bodies? Do you have friends? David, what are you, you doing think, in D.C.? You, wait, wait, David, don't you think it's needed right now, considering the G- GQP the way they are? Don't you think it's needed for a stuttering John to start freaking yes. Yes. pointing out the yeah. hypocrisy and the idiocy of their party? Yes. All right, so now he's just saying yes, because keep things moving. Yes, yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah. Very important thing you're doing. That's amazing. By the way, they were talking about how old they are. And then John just interrupts with, by the way, I'm going to D.C. I can't believe you're not participating in this. It's so amazing. The only way this D.C. interview thing ends yeah. is with John getting pistol whipped by private security. <laughs> I hope so. It's yeah. the That's only the, way yeah. it Keep, it roll- Keep the camera rolling. <laughs> Keep the camera rolling. <laughs> we got it. This is gold. This is a great take. Uh, so then, finally, David explains this is going to be a difficult thing that John thinks he's going to be able to pull off. It might, it might be a little more difficult because of the insurrection to get access like that. These I know days. that. I know that. Right. But I do know where they hang out. I know what restaurant the GQP hangs out at, and they go there a lot. And, you know, hey, shit, man, I'll go in there, you know. I mean, I'll, I'll you know, I'll take a piss text to Mitch McConnell if he can mm-hmm. find his penis. And just it, it fucking hold the phone up and interview him while he's peeing. He won't have a way to get out. Right, right. He thinks everyone gets drunk at bars like he does. He's yeah, like, oh, right. I'll be able to find all of these uh, Republicans who are senators. They'll just be peeing in the bathroom at the yeah. local bar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After their 11th Coors Light, yeah. I'll just uh, sidle up to him. This guy's a moron. He's, he's so delusional. He's insane. This is going to be a train wreck. It's insane. It's awesome. I love it. I love that he has like some ambition still. I don't know why he does. <laughs> the more the more he talks about it, the more I realize how crazy he is. So then at the end of this show, they're wrapping up and they're trying to wrap up and stuff. And John, one more time, has to bring up the DC shit. <laughs> you have been one of the greatest guests I've ever had on this show. I love <laughs> you. I love the freaking, I love the banter. I love your arguments. And fuck Sasha Baron Cohen and Bob Smart. You owe you, you owe them an apology. You do. Come do my hey. show. Come do my show. Anytime, David. Okay, can you send and me a I tape? I'll you, to see you help tape. me with some questions. He'll go on his show if this guy will write some questions for him. For his, he has to throw that in at the yeah. very end yet again. The other thing that's funny about this, I have more clips. We'll get into more of this, but at the end, he, he like. Dude, you've been my favorite guest. Meanwhile, this guy's lecturing John the entire time. Yeah. And now John's trying to spin it as like they were just having a cool busting balls conversation. Yeah. John's wasted, by the way. You can you can hear <laughs> Oh, it. the amount of spit involved. That's normal, John. But no, there's no, also no. You can tell. some synapses that are not connecting here. All right. This is John bragging about his glory days. I got uh I asked OJ Simpson if he would sign my knife. <laughs> Did you really? He already had his own. <laughs> Did you really do that? Yeah. 
All right. So <laughs> here's the deal with this braggadocious statement. And the guy, Jackie Marlowe, who sent me this audio and all the clips to pull and, you know, his thoughts on it, is convinced that this never happened. There is nothing you can find on the internet of John talking to O.J. Simpson. Gary Garber, is that his name, Gary Garber? He was one of the guys for Stern for a while. Okay. There's a video of him trying to talk to O.J. Simpson. O.J.'s, like, walking away from him at the country club. But there is no evidence that John's ever had this conversation with O.J. Simpson. Yeah. But he, he wrote about it. The only place you could find it is in his book. Uh, he writes about exactly. it. Then he talked to OJ and asked him if he could sign his knife. In his head, it really happened. And even if it did, Jackie wrote that. Jackie wrote that joke. Fucking idiot. <laughs> oh, boy. So John tells a story about Jay Leno that is definitely a lie. Because he's talking about Kathy Lee Gifford, and he gets the name wrong. John does. And so then he has to deflect and say oh yeah the same thing happened with jay leno i have a funny jay leno story for you though and I, i've never told this one uh, wasn't there a kathy lee something on um on you know that show that's incredible or whatever kathy Cot crosby or Cot kathy lee yeah kathy crosby. lee crosby or something i think she was being crosby's i don't know but all i know is I think I got the people right. They told Jay Leno to call Kathy Lee because they wanted to get her as a guest on the show. So Jay thought he was calling Kathy Lee Gifford. But instead, he's calling Kathy Lee Crosby, who hasn't been in the news for years. Hey, get, hey Kathy, you want to come on me, Sally? <laughs> and, then, and then she goes, yeah, sure, Jay, I would love to. And then they're going, no, that's the wrong Kathy Lee. And he goes, Oh, I'm sorry. Take care. <laughs> the fucking phone. <laughs> so he, he's implying that they need Jay Leno to book his own show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that Jay Leno is so out of it that he's calling the wrong Kathy Lee. Sure, sure. He's got Kathy Lee Crosby's number and gives her a call. And then his staff realizes he's talking to the wrong Kathy Lee in the middle of the conversation. No, no. Yeah, yeah. They're giving him that sign. And then he, he hangs up. Yeah. How is any of that plausible? That's all a made-up story. Yeah, Johnny Carson did it, Dave Letterman. <laughs> yeah. All the big names book everybody, right? That's a lie, is what that is. Yeah. You have people who book your show for you when you host the Tonight Show. <laughs> That'd be one of the jobs you don't have to do. Yeah, I remember when Jay was selling advertising for the show, yeah. and he was talking to Coca-Cola, <laughs> trying to rope them into a 10-week deal. It sounds like something he heard third-hand that it's he's bullshit. telling wrong. It's, yeah. yeah, it's total bullshit. Fucking idiot. And I just love that David just continues to lecture John and tells him how to live his life. You, you should be more forgiving of people and not hold grudges against Sasha and the dog. I'm not holding any grudges. You think I think about them? But, but you're saying they're pricks when they were... They're pricks. Thought, so what? They're a lot you, of pricks. But, but, but that's not... Would you like it if I judged you on... Why would you? I'm nothing but nice to you. <laughs> what? <laughs> they're pricks. I'm a great guy. Why won't you write for my show? All right, so then I love this because John's talking about a boss that he had at NBC, Jack Cohen. I tried to look this up. I don't know who Jack Cohen is, but apparently he was a boss on The Tonight Show, and John has to shit on this guy, too. Although Jack wasn't the greatest boss, though, dude, either. I mean, he, he, he was, you know, he was kind of like a lunatic in a lot of ways. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, you're the reason we need an infrastructure, Bill. You've burnt every bridge in this country. <laughs> Are there any bridges that you don't burn? You know what? I pride myself on my honesty. David's literally telling him, like, stop talking shit about everyone you ever worked with. <laughs> it's not working out well for you. He even goes on later in the show where he goes, not every thought in your head needs to be said out loud. Yeah. You don't, You can think that Jack Cohen's a prick. You don't have to say it it's on bad, your show, on the internet. It's bad business. It's, it's pretty dumb. It's a pretty dumb thing to do. So now John is drunk and he's disoriented and, and he's looking at the chat. And David Feldman's talking and John's just like reading questions from the chat. Oh, classic. Is, yeah. Oh, which my is God. Kind, kind of rude. It's all in my spam folder. I don't know. Why. What, what, what was your question? I don't know what stage dog. Yeah, Fred and Jackie contributed to my questions. Yeah, exactly, stage dog. That's why I reached out to Jackie to write some questions for the DC. Who are you talking? Are you hearing voices in here? <laughs> no, on the chat. I guess you don't see the chats. Like, you know, oh, I don't. I, I yes. Yeah, so, so people ask questions. This guy's like, Fred and Jackie contributed to questions. Yeah. So, I've always I I I say that in my book. I thank them in my book. What more do you want me to do? Fucking blow them. Wow. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I have Jackie on my show all the time. Do you? Oh, boy. Yeah. How much you have to pay him? Oh, he's the best. All right. So this sets up Holy the shit. third act of this show that I'm so excited about. This is the single most entertaining interview I've ever I know. fucking heard. I know. It's, it's amazing. They should have strung this along for hours. Yeah. I mean, it was an hour and a half. It was pretty long. But the third act is great because now this guy says, David Feldman says, I'm friends with Jackie Marling. And we know, Senator John, not a fan of Jackie these days. Has a lot of shit to talk about Jackie. Now, what, when I wouldn't bring that up is when I'm talking to one of Jackie's friends. John doesn't have that filter. He doesn't understand. <laughs> so he goes right into uh, his problems with Jackie. <laughs> he is a professor of jokes. He really is. I mean, he comes on and just But you know what my him. problem, David, has always Hang been on. Your problem. See another bridge. Yes, I know the bridge. Found a bridge. Another bridge broken. What? What do you have against Jackie? Come on. I'll tell you right now. The guy's telling him, "Listen, what you're about to do right now is a bad idea. I know you want to talk shit about Jackie Martling. You shouldn't. Probably not. Not going to do anything for anyone to do that." And John gets into it, and David really explains to him what he's doing. He does a brilliant job of telling John. What he's doing is wrong, and John just cannot see it. Why were why, what is it anybody's business? What Jackie should have done. Everybody should focus on what they're doing. Jackie is. I a, want the best for people, Dave. Yeah, it's a it's passive aggressive. <laughs> no, it's passive, not. Yes, it is. I want the best for people. That's no, all. You're, oh, you're saying you're so talented. I love you. Why are you such a piece of shit? And if, that's basically you're being passive aggressive. You're going, I no, love you. No, I don't I understand. Yes. So, you know, certain John goes, he should have wrote his own jokes. You know, Jackie is the guy who knows every street joke that's ever been made or, or spoken. And he goes up, he does those jokes. Wait, John is saying Jackie should have wrote his own jokes? Correct. While he's asking this guy to write jokes for him? Correct. You see the irony? You see the irony there, Andy? <laughs> okay. It's, it's not hard to pick up on these things, is it? John's a fucking moron. Oh, Stuttering fuckface. <laughs> so Stuttering fuckface is explaining that he should have written his own jokes. And this guy's going, why do you care? Because I care about him. I want him to be more successful. 
No, you don't. You're being passive aggressive. You're calling him out. You're saying he sucks. And uh, this this conversation goes on. But why can't you give him unconditional support and love and appreciate what he's doing? Which is pretty amazing. He's the he is the most. He's the largest. He has the largest repository of jokes in the world. He collects jokes. There isn't a joke that Jackie doesn't know. That's not true. He's being a salty bitch right now. Like there's no one who knows more jokes than Jackie the Joke Man Marling. We can all nope. agree on that. Nope. And Charlie, nope. I came up with a joke that he didn't know. Yep. <laughs> Stump the Joke Man was a bit they did on Howard right. Stern back in the day. Yeah. People would call in, yeah. and if he didn't know the punchline, they'd win a prize. Yeah. He always knew the punchline. Unless they made up the shitty joke and it wasn't funny. Right, yeah. That'd be the one time they'd be like, nope, it's this. And they're like, well, th- that's not a joke. And it was John's joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, John calling in. <laughs> Shouldn't you be answering phones? What are you doing? So uh, right there, he goes, nope. He's not, he's not even the most prolific joke teller. He doesn't even know all the jokes. And he just totally dismisses Jackie. I don't know. I don't, I, I, God bless Jackie for keeping those jokes alive. Eh. You know, look. Eh. Again, so, so you're being, you're being. Meh, meh. I don't have any hatred for Jackie. I'm just saying, I think his, his career would have been better if he actually wrote his own, his own material. Why? Because he could have got the, I don't want What about to, Frank you, Sinatra? You like you said I didn't mention Frank. Sinatra. Oh come on, come on! You, don't you think Frank should have written? Don't you think? Are you really? Are you going to make th- a comparison to Crooners? Because I mean that's the it, that's that's oranges oranges and apples. Come on, bro. <laughs> oranges and you apples. You can't make that comparison. What well, Frank Sinatra didn't write any of the songs that he sang. Yeah. So yeah. I guess what, what, what? So Howard would have said Frank. Why isn't he writing? It's the 60s. Everybody is performing their own songs. Frank, why don't you write your own music? Did I win this argument? I think I won. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think you did. Because it, 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 it's, it's apples and oranges from somebody. Half the bands in the world you know, will sing other people's music. Half the bands in the world will sing other people's music. Statistically significant. <laughs> I don't think that that's. I mean, we're talking about more su- than half. Well, no, we're talking about successful yeah. bands. We're, uh, we're not talking about anyone. We're talking about Jackie the Joke Man, super successful career. And we're talking about Frank Sinatra, yeah. super successful. It's actually a good comparison when you okay. think about it. Like that guy's great at singing other people's songs. This guy's good at telling other people's jokes. That's what they do. That's what they do. It's why they're famous. It's, it's apples and cores lights. Uh... I had Jackie the Joke Man's got polyps in his colon. But I love that he thinks he would have been more successful if he would have written his own jokes. You ever hear a great cover band? Is your first thought, I wish they'd write their own songs? No! They probably suck at it. That's why they're a cover band. Exactly. I've heard prominent comedians go, like, put him down because he's doing other people's stuff. Prominent, well-known comics put him down and go, he's not a real comic. Because he doesn't do, you know, he's telling fucking street jokes, as you say. Well, in my estimation, a prominent comedian is way too busy to worry about other comics. How do you like that? Yeah, no shit. John's going, this isn't just my opinion. Everyone's saying that this guy's a hack. Reporters are saying it. (laughs) Reporters are saying that I'm the reason why Clinton got elected. (laughs) <laughs> so thankfully David keeps a, a level head throughout this entire interview. He's like, well, I think a prominent comic wouldn't be worried about what Jackie's doing. 
You know, I mean, we can all goof on Carrot Top or whatever, yeah. but they're not worried about it like John is. Just listening to it, you can hear a smart person dealing with a stupid person. Yeah, like with a child, happening. with a drunk child. Right. Is what John is. Yeah, that, that's what this show is. <laughs> and it's it's so funny. It's like David Tell has been on a lot of podcasts. I've never once heard him complain about other comedians. Right. He's the best stand up to ever live. And he's not going out there and going, yeah, this fucking hack is telling these jokes that he heard someone else say once. Because actual comedians yeah. don't give a fuck. Yeah. They worry about themselves. He's not insecure about his act. You ready for a super awkward wrap up here? <laughs> yes. I have this was say, fun. I, this is I fun. You owe me. Was, I don't think I've ever laughed this hard <laughs> on a beer on the balcony since I've been doing them. Really? Make, <laughs> like, really yeah, you why? make me laugh. Your delivery is Bob Newhart like. Oh, and it. thank you. And, and you're funny as shit. <laughs> He was giving you yeah. life advice. I'll tell jokes next time if you like it that much. Yeah, I know. The guy's going, wait, really? I, I was telling you life advice this entire segment. I'm a life coach. <laughs> yeah, he could be a life coach for, for reals. So that was amazing. And thanks again to Jackie Marlowe, who is in the Discord right now, for uh, pulling that together for us. Because hey. Fantastic. That was impressive. Now, speaking of jackie martling yes he was a guest on opie radio recently now jackie is an old man at this point yep. he's 73 years old i think and listen, I love Jackie as, as much. as good as he ever was. He, I, he, right. Yeah. He hasn't changed much, right. right? I love Jackie as much as any other Howard Stern fan loves Jackie. Like, there's a, a special place in our memories for Jackie Martling and everything mm-hmm. he contributed to the old Howard Stern show. And I love now this this Jackie version where he's Grandpa Simpson. Yeah. Did you listen to this episode, right? Did yeah. you pick up on this? Yep. All right. This is Jackie telling a story because they're talking about getting vaccinated. And that reminds him of Jenny McCarthy, right? who was the anti-vaxxer, you know, OG. And he goes, that reminds me of the time that her and I hosted a, a Playboy party. Now, I sped this up because it's, it's long. It's a long story. But, it, but listen to this. It's all to get to the point where Jackie tells a joke that he's so proud of. So me and her are hosting this Playboy party. And the only reason Patty Davis Reagan was there, she was a VIP is because that year she had posted for Playboy. Right. And, and uh, what's her name? Jenny McCarthy was Playmate of the Year. So me and Jenny are going to host, we're co-hosts of this big party at Webster Hall. And like every Playboy party, they invited like seven or 800 people and 900 of them were men. You know, and everybody's VIP, so everybody thinks they're getting special, but there's not enough booze, there's not enough anything. It's just, it's just a dip pump. But it's great fun. But on the way in, I said, all right, I got to have something to say. And there were a lot of B-level celebrities going to be there. So I said, let me write a joke about each of these people. So I wrote a joke about Grandpa Lewis and Gilbert Gottfried and Patty Davis Reagan and Bill Barr. I forget who else. Just so I have something to say. So I say, I look at someone's out in the crowd and say a joke, you know. And I said, you know, on the way here, I wrote this great joke, but I don't know. And they said, well, let us hear it. So I told the joke to Jenny and my friend Eric Millman and the crew, and they went wild. And they said, you know what? Let's, let's do that. On. You can repeat it. We'll pretend we never heard it. We'll do it on the show. So I did it on the show, and they went crazy. We go up. There's no way to do anything on stage. We just said, thank you, everybody, for coming. And we walk into the VIP bar, and the first person I ran into, nose to nose, was Patty Davis Reagan. It's the funniest joke in the world to everybody in the world except for Patty Davis Reagan. Sure. And nobody knew. None of us knew that in the past couple of months, she had made up with her family. They were back lovers again, and she was back accepted into the family. The only reason she was at the Playboy party is because she did Playboy to say, fuck you to them, but yeah. they had made up. I said, Patty, it's nice to see you. You know, I just wrote a joke about you on the way in here. <laughs> I said, you were the first one to know that your father had Alzheimer's. Because he started returning your phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> so all oh of that, that story build to explain he told this joke 
about Ronald Reagan's daughter. When I was listening to that, halfway through it, I was convinced that he couldn't remember the joke. I know! He got there! Tell the fucking joke! I I was thinking that, too, because he kept saying it was the funniest joke, and everyone was loving this joke. I told this joke. And he's not telling it. Everyone was laughing at this joke. So he finally tells... Start with the joke, then tell the story. And I wore an onion on my belt, which was the fashion (laughs) of the time. (laughs) So he finally tells the joke, and then he goes on to explain... That the next time he was on the Howard Stern show, that they got wind of this amazing joke. But it was so offensive that Robin and Howard were coming down on Jackie about it. But he knows how funny it was. And Howard says, all right, Jackie, tell the joke. And I told the joke. And you, Howard was literally biting his lip to keep from laughing because it was so funny. And him and Robin are trying to yell at me for my bad taste. And meanwhile, it's so funny. And the listeners are calling up and saying how funny it was. I mean, <laughs> this is stuttering this is John territory yeah, yeah. that he's getting into with this shit. He's like, that, that joke was so funny. This is where stuttering John learned it, probably. This mentality. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of guys like this. I've noticed. Uh, Andy, anything from this show that you want to point? Well, out? right off the bat, uh, Opie's waiting for Jackie to figure out the internet. Yeah. And clip seventeen, they come to realize why he's having so much trouble. Yeah, and you could hear all of the noise that's going on. Jackie's not wearing headphones, so slap back it, from the speakers. They both sound like shit. They it sounds like, like two shit. boomers farting into a coffee can. It's terrible. <laughs> oh, I, I, you know, I'm trying to get my stupid computer out here in the garage to bump up, the, you know, pull up the messages in the AOL and they're always a day behind. And I came in just in time to hear you talking about somebody wrecking somebody's career and I couldn't figure out if it was yours or mine. (laughs) (laughs) You you go through the same shit, Jackie. Well, first of all, I got to say, stop with the AOL. It's 2021. Stop with the AOL. It's Everybody said that. And, and he's freezing up already. That's because he's using AOL. You're on dial-up, Jackie. <laughs> well, that was a great interview with Jackie. Now, the oh, there, you're back now. See, you're on AOL, I bet, because you're on, like, dial-up. You're already freezing on me. <laughs> I know. And by the way, Jackie was one of the first guys on the internet. I got to give him credit. He was on there. He had that animated character telling his jokes and stuff like that. Yeah. And this was going back before there was a lot of like flash animation and stuff like that online. He was an early adopter and now he's still on AOL. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> I mean, insane. That's, that's kind of stupid. I, I had no idea anybody. I didn't know AOL was still functioning. I don't think it is. Apparently it is. <laughs> <laughs> and Opie's giving him advice. I told my wife out. about this and she's like, are you sure it wasn't just like a joke? And I was like, no, Jackie's not, savvy like that he's, yeah. he's more deliberate with his jokes it's not a, a slow troll about aol yeah i'm sorry streamer doesn't work with netscape for some reason <laughs> i'm having some issues over here so this is opie just with bad interviewing skills so near the end of the episode they're having all these conversations and when you talk to someone you want to get stories out of them you should introduce concepts or information that will get them thinking about things so if you want to get a story about howard stern you might say, man, when the movie came out, that had to be crazy times for you guys because you were doing the radio show all morning and then you're going off to the set and you're recording the movie and you had to get up and do it again the next day. And, you know, these celebrities, like there's ways to get information out of people. This is not how you do it. I was going to try, try to get like a Howard Stern story out of you. Maybe one you've never told before, but um, uh, no one's, which one is amazing. It's on my YouTube channel. You don't have to do it again, obviously. The popcorn tin story... 
So Opie says, I was hoping to get an amazing Howard Stern story out of you. Maybe one you've never told before. That's not a question. That's how you interview somebody. Give me exclusive content and go. Yeah. You do the show for me. Yeah. Go. <laughs> so that's what he says. But he doesn't even give Jackie a chance to think about something. He goes, but I loved the story you told about the popcorn. And then Opie inserts that into the show. And he plays the old it's episode. the last time he was on the show, it right? Was I Jackie, was going to say, I've heard this story. It was Jackie and Stuttering John explaining that as a Christmas gift from Howard, they got a tin of popcorn and instead of a bonus from check. from Opie's show. And it was from Opie's That's show. That's why Opie remembers this. It's because he was there for this. And Opie's obsessed with Howard Stern. Mm -hmm. So he loves shitting on Howard Stern. So he loves that story because it's shitting on Howard Stern, which is his favorite thing to do. And he's also completely out of it. He doesn't understand the dynamics of Howard and people who used to be on the show. Howard doesn't talk to anyone who used to be on the show. I don't attest people who are on the show currently right. outside of Robin and maybe maybe Gary. But uh, I thought this was funny. Just Opie fell for this at first. Have you heard from Howard lately? Yeah, he called this morning. He asked me what I was having for breakfast. And I told, oh, him, nice. I told him his wife. <laughs> Whoa, Jesus. No, I never hear from him. I got, you know. Have you heard from Howard lately? Oh, yeah, he called me this morning. They don't talk to each other, you moron. I don't know why you think that. Yeah. So I, I'd love to have Jackie on this show. I was thinking when I was listening to this that yeah. it's probably plausible. I would imagine so yeah. because he doesn't talk to Centering John anymore. If Jackie has something to plug, he would come on this. That's true. Yeah. That's true. So we should probably reach out to Jackie and get him on the show. One of the things I love about his appearance with Opie is non sequiturs into jokes. Like Jackie just tells jokes regardless of what they're talking about. Opie's talking about how he hurt his back because they're doing this over Zoom and they wanted to do it. You know, they're both Long Island guys. They could have done this together. And Opie explains, yeah, my back hurts because my dog, you know, I was walking my dog and it runs over towards another dog and it pulled out <laughs> my back. And Jackie just turns this into a telling a joke. You love stealing other dogs' assholes. What's that about? <laughs> Uh, I'm sure you heard my new joke. I'm sure you heard this, but if you haven't, the wife says, "Harry, does this dress make me look fat?" Yeah. And he said, "He says you promise you won't get mad no matter what I say." She says, "I promise." He says, "I'm fucking your sister." Whoa! Hey! <laughs> I love Jackie. Yeah. Just out of nowhere. There's one person laughing at that joke. Oh, <laughs> let's talk about the other jokes he tells. This, again, just out of nowhere and over-the-top laughter at the end. you got to love Jackie. He knows the punchline. He's heard this a thousand times. Right. And he acts like it's the first time he's ever heard it. The kid says, uh, he sees his mother come out of the shower and he points between her legs and says, Ma, what's that? And she says, that's my beaver. And he says, okay. And then his grandmother's lying on the couch taking a nap and her dress is up. And she's got no panties on. Her legs are spread. And the kid says, Ma, I think Grandma's beaver is dead. Its tongue is hanging out. <laughs> I don't even know if we did have Jackie on it. I hope we do. I don't know how I would respond to these jokes. I'm not going to, like, fake laugh along. I know, right? <laughs> it's going to be really awkward to watch him laugh and right, right. joke for then seven seconds yeah. after he's done with it. All right, well, I, the, the one clip that I have from this episode is... Jackie tells a story about Rodney Dangerfield at spring break and Rodney Dangerfield farting in an elevator. Oh, I have yeah, that. Can I play that clip real oh, quick? Oh, yes, please play it. It's actually it's kind, kind of funny. funny. Yeah. It's actually a pretty good Rodney 
Dangerfield story. And Rodney's like, hey, come on, let's go gamble. Let's go get something to eat or something, you know. So they get in the elevator, and there's nobody in the elevator. And they're on the way down. And Fox said Rodney cut the most disgusting, loud, vicious fart he's ever heard. And it just was just terrible. And a couple couple floors down, the door opened, and this little Chinese lady got in. And the doors closed, and they went down to the lobby. And, of course, when they got to the lobby and the doors opened, there's like 100 people waiting to get in the elevator. So the doors opened, and as Rodney... And Fox and this little woman are walking out of the elevator. Rodney looks down at her and says, you're really fucking disgusting, you know? That? <laughs> That's a good Rodney story. Because I can, I can totally picture that. <laughs> so then, of course, Opie has to have a Rodney story. Oh, God. Opie's, Opie's story is not on par with Clip that. Clip 18. You know, recently on my podcast, I, t- I talked about Rodney Dangerfield. When we were at WNEW, he would come in and we would get him high. And he was, I mean, he was old at this point and he still was enjoying his pot. And I had a guy uh, that worked for us named Stinky who would bring him to the stairwell and get him high before he came on our show. And, uh, <laughs> I hope he did that on purpose. I pray to that on purpose. It's a train wreck. Oh, this Jackie. Oh, Jackie. Is that any better? What, you just decided in the middle of my story to try to uh, switch it up? I didn't stop. The, the, the thing stopped. That You were going, of course, that's probably as good as your story was. God damn it, Opie. No control over his own show. He's telling a boring story. This Jackie hung out with Rodney. He talks about how they used to go on the road and do coke and drink and smoke weed. And like these guys have war stories. Opie's like, yeah. Oh, we had a guy on our show who got him high in the stairwell before he came on the show. Yeah. And Jackie, you there? Yeah. <laughs> Are you still there? Let's talk about more of the random jokes that just come up out of nowhere during the show. That's why I don't want to mention her name, and she is really a big producer now because these are. Oh, Opie's finishing up a story about this Fox News producer who only had one arm and was trying to fuck Opie. And, uh, and Jackie just goes from that story into his joke telling. That's why I don't want to mention her name. And she is really a big producer now because these are all true stories, man. A smart Polish guy and a, <laughs> uh, a, a, a good smelling Italian guy and a British guy with a big cock walked into a bar and a Jewish guy bought a round of drinks. <laughs> that old chestnut. That crap, you're, you're crazy. <laughs> you're nuts. What the fuck? <laughs> He's like, Opie, shut up. Yeah. He's like, you're boring, everyone. I'll take over from <laughs> yeah. here. I got this. He does it again. A porn star moves to suburbia. And he's sitting on his front stoop smoking a joint. And his neighbor comes out. And the porn star says, hey, neighbor, what are you doing? And the neighbor says, oh, I'm going on a date. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, first date. Wow. Porn star says, good luck. He says, thanks, man. And he comes back a couple hours later, and the porn star says, how'd your date go? His neighbor says, oh, I only got the first space. And the porn star says, well, at least you got your asshole licked. (laughs) 
funny when he laughs at it. I have to give him credit for that. Yeah. His over-the-top laughter at these jokes that take way too long to get to the punchline. So then he's telling a story about he was at Les Paul's 85th birthday. And Les Paul, I guess, is a big Howard Stern fan, right? So it's a Les Paul concert, this, this venue that they're at. And Keith Richards is right in the front with his like mom or something. Right. Yep. And Jackie's there. And Les Paul sees Jackie and he's like, you got to come up here and tell some jokes. So Jackie comes up and tells jokes. And of course, you know, Jackie's telling the story. So he crushed it. And everyone thought he was <laughs> the, the funniest person to ever live. And then Opie says, so you told dirty jokes at this Les Paul show. What was the dirtiest joke that you told? So we know how funny it was. If this is the dirtiest joke he told. Now, I want to back up a little bit because you said you told five of the dirtiest jokes that night. What was your best one that night? Pop, what's a vagina look like? Son, before sex, a vagina's like a rose with soft pink velvety petals and the aroma of perfume. He says, what about after sex? He says, did you ever see a bulldog eating mayonnaise? <laughs> I never... No. <laughs> I've never seen a bulldog eating mayonnaise. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's so bizarre. All right, so let's get back into Opie's obsession with Howard. So Jackie is complaining about how disconnected celebrities and news media people are lecturing everyone about how they should live their lives with the vaccine and with whatever is going on in the news. And so Opie takes offense to this because he's broadcasting from his apartment in Manhattan and you can see out the window. Oh, right. Right? So he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's not call people out who are disconnected from reality. Jackie, Ixnay on the Ivory Tower, A, as you see my view, I'm higher than every building in New York City right now. I know. I've been to that apartment (laughs) building. It's beautiful. So then Opie goes on to brag about how he can see Howard's apartment building from his apartment building. And just because he has a house in the Hamptons and he lives in a high-rise uh, in Manhattan near Howard. doesn't mean he's obsessed with Howard or anything. I mean, it's not like painfully obvious or anything. If you want, I could go to the other side of the apartment and we could actually look at uh, where, where Howard lives. Yo, maybe, yeah, that's, that's what I live for. Maybe you can wave to him, <laughs> you know? It's been uh, well, too long. He knows how I wave to him. Do you want to see where Howard lives? Jackie's like, no. Yeah. Not really. Also, I don't think Howard lives there anymore. I think he lives in Florida. <laughs> in a replica two thousand cats. Yeah. This is true. Let's talk about the sponsor of the show. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but Opie, for some reason, when he's reading Bluetooth spots, it's outstanding. Nobody else could pull this off. It it's makes me so repulsed. <laughs> okay, let's talk about boners. Oh, okay. And then let the boners begin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the fuck is wrong with this guy? <laughs> gross boner talk. It's really gross. All right. Then uh, we talk about Norm MacDonald. Oh, yeah. Nobody's talking about this. Well, I mean. Norm MacDonald passed away. Yeah, Norm MacDonald passed away. So the question comes up. Opie's uh, has some real sincere thoughts about it. Well, he, he asked Jackie, like, what, what are your thoughts on Norm MacDonald? This is Jackie's answer. No, Art, Artie Lang told me that, you know, Norm loved my jokes. So that just always made me feel good, you know. I mean, way to make it about you. Yeah, right. <laughs> Artie Lang told me that Norm thought I was really funny. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because he's the one who just died. Like, maybe we should talk about how he was funny. Hmm. Oh, no, but you want to talk about how you're funny. Okay, well, that's fine. I guess you could do that. 
Did you have something on? Uh... Well, yeah, the episode before this, if you want to talk about like some touching remarks and yeah. like the most, uh, you know, making it about you. Clip 14 is Opie's take on Norm McDonald passing that away. That Norm McDonald died at the age of fucking 61, man. That's it. God, that sucks. Norm McDonald was on the show, I think, once. We finally got him on, and we knew we were in front of greatness. You just knew that you were hanging out with one of the funniest guys to ever live. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> wow. So touching. Yeah. And now uh, Norm's agent booked him on Opie Radio podcast. This is true. Norm oh. was supposed to be on Opie. Really? Yeah. And three weeks Did ago. Did he fire that agent, I hope? Yeah, yeah. Well, this is Norm reacting to the news okay. uh, three weeks ago. Clip 15. Note to self I don't want to live. <laughs> Very good. Very well done, Andy. All right. Let's get back to Jackie a little bit here. I have a few more clips that I want to play where uh, Opie's talking about that, that Fox news producer who didn't have an arm. And (laughs) by the way, we went and saw, this is pretty funny. I almost forgot about this. We went and saw steel Panther a couple weeks ago. Nice. They were great. And at one point in the show, they go, all right, sticks it in. Yeah. The drummer is going to do an impression of the drummer from Def Leppard. And he, he puts his arm into his shirt and he starts playing drums like really shitty. And he just he just does that. And then Michael Starr was in the crowd. They're like, do you guys not know who the drummer from Def Leppard is? This is a spot on impression. <laughs> this is amazing. You guys, you're not loving this? All right. What was I talking about? It's <laughs> pretty great. So there's one armed woman from Fox News who wanted to fuck Opie. And Opie's telling that story. And Jackie thinks that Opie's show is listened to by an audience. He doesn't realize that he's shouting into a vacuum through AOL. And so he explains <laughs> so, so he explains that she's going to hear about this because art because Opie's talking about it. So my last memory of her is uh with one arm in a bathroom soaking wet, screaming at me to get upstairs. With the amount of people you know that are listening to this show, somebody knows this one armed lady, and you're gonna hear from her one way or another, and I think it's I don't think so. I don't think you're going to hear from her. I don't think Opie's told this story many times. I don't think anyone's listening to yeah, it or anybody cares. heard from her. So Jackie then at the very end of the show explains that when Howard first came to New York City, he nobody knew who he was. They didn't know that Robin was black. And so Howard would just make up these stories. He was a Vietnam vet. And he would say, I'm, I'm half Jewish and half Italian. He would He would tell all these things that weren't true about him. And so Jackie's doing a Stump the Joke Man live event. And he says, you can ask me any questions you want. And someone asked about the show and he came up with his best ad lib ever. So I'm doing a show at Chuckles and people were so enamored with the show. And I always played Stump the Joke Man. So I'm playing Stump the Joke Man. But I tell people, listen, if you got a a question about the show, go feel free. So I'm standing up there and the guy raises his hand and he says, Jackie, is Howard really half Jewish? And I said, yes. And the guy said, what's the other half? And I said, even more Jewish. (laughs) (laughs) And the place went nuts. And it was exactly right. (laughs) That's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Maybe my best ad lib in my entire life. That's amazing. Every story that Jackie tells, 
ends with, and everyone went crazy. (laughs) I told this joke and people lost their minds. You think that if you do acid too many times, you'll go nuts? No, if you listen to my jokes too many times, you fucking lose your mind. You will leave Pink Floyd and they'll write albums about you right. if you hear enough of my jokes. <laughs> Jesus Christ, every dude, audience loved Wish it. you were Howard. Yeah. <laughs> and every fish I ever caught was three feet long. <laughs> Before Jackie comes on, Opie addresses. So he talked about the Greg Shells thing on a previous episode. And so somebody says, oh, Way to own Greg Shells. You know, I, Greg Opie Hughes. His real name's Greg Hughes. Right. And Anthony's talked about how working with him was like walking on Greg Shells because he's just always in a shitty mood and you never knew what you were going to get. And Opie is prideful about this. Uh, way to own the Greg Shells thing. I, of course. Why is it a dumb thing? That just means people were scared of me. That's embarrassing for people. It's not embarrassing for me. It's embarrassing for the people that were too scared to speak up when they had a problem with me. And instead, they went behind my back and called me Greg Shells. That's embarrassing on their end, not mine. He thinks that makes other people look bad? No. It, it means that people were uncomfortable around yeah, you. Yeah, it means you're an asshole to be around. They didn't know whether you were going to be a dick to them or not. And you had power. You could fire people. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what's their fucking problem? Just because I'm in a shitty mood every day? <laughs> of course! And I treat people like crap, and I snap at them when I want yes. a coffee? They're, they're the assholes. Like, Greg, I know you said you've gone to therapy and you're working out your things. It's not. It didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work. It didn't, it didn't Get work. Get a new therapy. Yeah, the things are still there. Yeah, like you're not understanding. That's... You're not fixing anything. If you're looking back at this and saying, every single coworker I ever worked with thinks I suck, and now all they do is talk about how much I suck, and they're the assholes. Like, okay. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I was just watching uh, Anthony Cumia this week, and Bob Kelly was a guest. Bob Kelly used to be on Opie and Anthony all the time. I haven't seen Bob Kelly on Opie Radio. <laughs> there isn't a single guy who goes on Opie Radio who used to be a regular on Opie and Anthony. Why not? I don't know. Like, Maybe they don't like his doggy. <laughs> what is wrong with these people? <laughs> You should see a speech therapist, I think. <laughs> and you got one more clip on here. Oh, sure. It's, this is a throwaway thing. Opie presumes to, like, he spends half this episode. Well, he doesn't even spend it. He just downloads Sirius XM's content of an interview with Anthony Bourdain. And then afterwards says that he could see Anthony Bourdain's suicide coming. Oh, God. Really? Oh, yeah. He's what He <laughs> could, you know, tell. A fucktard. Yeah. I'll never forget, I'm paraphrasing, but I asked him, I saw sadness in his eyes, especially um, especially on the last couple appearances on the Opie and Anthony show, or maybe it was just me at the time, whatever, I don't know, I was just doing radio with whoever I could find, and I asked him if he had hope for humanity because he travels the world, and I remember his answer, and I'm paraphrasing that, I don't want to live. <laughs> Very well done. Did you hear what he just said there? I, I just picked up on something he said there. He goes, maybe it was Opie and Anthony. Maybe it was after that when I was just trying to do radio with anyone I could find. He just called out Carl Ruiz, Sherrod Small, yeah. and Vic Henley. Yeah. Those were the guys he was doing radio with. He's like, anyone I could find, I was just doing radio with. Well, that's a shitty thing to say. I mean, right, yeah. most of those people won't hear that you said that. <laughs> yeah. So that's the good news. <laughs> Between Carl Reeves, Vic Henley, and Anthony Bourdain. <laughs> yeah, right, start, right, right. I'm going to start a show where I just shit talk people who are dead. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have any good co-hosts on SiriusXM after Anthony and Jim left. 
They all sucked. Jesus, Hope. Sherrod's still around. Fucking asshole. What's wrong with you? Andy, what have we done today? Oh, my God. We've done it all! <laughs> That's the answer. We talked about We Saw the Devil. We had Cringe of the Week from Adam Thoreau, which is a staple these days. Stuttering John does not get life, even when it's explained to him in plain terms. Opie talked to Jackie Martling. Jackie still tells jokes all the time. So you know what that means? It's time for everyone's favorite part of the show. Oh, yeah. The This is the part of the show we play a clip from the episode we'll be reviewing next week on Who Are These Podcasts? And I'm happy to say that we are entering the month of October. And as we did last year, we're going to turn this into Jocktober. So exciting. Talking about radio host podcasting and or radioing ing. Radioing ing. <laughs> Tim Allen would have never done this. It's one more thing. Armstrong and Getty. One more thing. I hadn't, uh, hadn't thought of Tim Allen in forever. Where was I? Somewhere the other day where they had his TV show on, Home Improvement. One of the most successful shows in the history of the world that I'd completely forgotten about, Tim Tooltime Taylor. Remember, yep. well, that was the number one show in the country for a long time. He made yep. gazillions of dollars because he was the creator and star of it. Armstrong and Getty, one more thing, a suggestion that came in from Justin. Fucking timely content. Yeah. Oh, this is a brand new episode that just dropped Holy shit. this past week. Yeah, I know. So apparently what these guys do is they do a four-hour radio show and then do a 15-minute podcast immediately afterwards. And what I was told is that their energy level isn't what it could have been had they not just done a four-hour radio show. Why are they not doing what everyone else does and just repurpose editing it. the fucking content of the radio just show? Just repurpose your fucking radio show. You know why they're not doing that? Because it doesn't work. Yeah, it sucks. It's never worked ever. Wow. Andy, uh, yeah. anything that you want to plug? I appreciate you coming on the show and oh, being yeah. so prepared, listening to Opie for me. It's, that's <laughs> awesome. I, we didn't coordinate on that, but it just happened. Yeah. Uh, anything you want to plug, my friend? Yeah, I'll plug the uh, the rubber dick stickers. They, you <laughs> plug, you uh, already yes. plugged it for me. Hey, everybody, I'm. it's the equivalent of me. If Matt Groening was at a Comic-Con and I was selling Black Bart Simpson in a Jordan jersey, selling my own rip-off content, Message Carl for rubber dick stickers. I'll send you one. Yeah, for sure. They're actually really cool. I'll post a picture of them. Okay. Um, I'm not really sure. Oh, you're not? Okay, that I thought you were. Joke. But if you want one. All right, well, all right let me explain my problem with Andy right now. <laughs> so we set up our merch table, and uh, I got, I got oh, yeah. Andy, no, I know this. Andy and Jen from the Jingles Department working our merch table, right, at the live show. And I have a bunch of shirts, two different styles, all the different sizes and colors you could want. And we have posters that Vinny brought. Vinny brought creep off posters you could buy. The shirts were twenty five bucks. Posters were ten bucks. Andy brings stick. My, my, I had stickers too. Those were free. Andy brings his own stickers, two fifty each. Three dollars. All right. Or two for two for five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, will we make a change for people now? Like you had to make it that fucking it difficult. It was a hassle. It's so funny. <laughs> of course it was. And Jen is like looking at me. She was getting the biggest kick out of watching me try and figure out change out of yep. this. Like everything. I had like a wad of singles in all of my pockets. Bothering to say, people playing right, pinball. This is Carl's money. This is my money. Oh, and I have just have like two handfuls of singles and have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. This is why it. we play poker with you. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right. I, I appreciate that you brought your own merch. Dick, 
said he was going to bring his own merch and didn't. But yeah. you're like, fuck that. I'm bringing my own merch. And I also managed your, all of your merch. You did. I appreciate that. Please <laughs> join us again next week. It might be the episode where we find out once and for all who are these podcasts. Sleep well, every pony. Parting in the mush pits of morning radio. Great show. Good job, everybody. Great job, everyone. Who wants to hear that song? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> no one wants to hear that song. It's no outro anymore. Internet news. News from the internet. From the WATP Facebook group, Ronnie posts, listening to the latest episode, and Kaya is a bit harsh with his hatred for the C-word of a host who's being roasted. Carl even offers a disavow, disavow, to distance himself from particularly harsh comments where Kaya ponders her being almost raped and murdered, and not being almost. Come on, Kaya. It's supposed to be good fun and not personal. You seem to really abhor this grifter. I'm just saying. Keith asks, isn't that what makes Kaya, Kaya? Just saying. Cheryl writes, love me some Kaya. Totally agree with the above comment that that's what makes him Kaya, and also what makes WATP WATP. And from the show's subreddit, Crazy About Monkeys says, I love Kaya. He brings that great energy because he's probably tired of having to talk about video game shit on the official podcast or Charlie's Super Autism. I actually found WATP through the OP, so it's cool. Baby Butters, what is Kaya? Turkish? He was obviously taught to hate women. Uh, look here, man. Yeah, Turk Roach living in Germany. That said, he's great. Adam95 recaps with, Kaya. Bitch, whore, cunt. She should be raped and killed. Carl. <laughs> Holy shit! The Phantom Dennis responds in kind, Cardiff Electra. This show sucks. Carl. <laughs> God, I can't breathe! <laughs> I'm starting to see a pattern. Thought Kicker offers, the pattern is that the acid never really wore off and Carl thinks Family Guy is funny now. John Spick claims, conspiracy, Cardiff Electric is ex-co-host Kevin, but later adds, it may also be producer Chris because he needs the job. Majestic Risk 7 chimes in with, Cardiff Electric sounds like producer Chris on his deathbed. And Gamron AZ <laughs> plays us out with, Kevin is known to be a world-class voice actor. uh slowly dying oh no well, i guess what? we all i guess we all are yeah right it's kind of how that works any other comments on that or no that's it oh, right. i mean fucking norm mcdonald mcdonald is dead so you know it's a bad time for me you're a big norm fan huh a giant interesting because everyone loves norm mcdonald except for kaya kaya sent me a note he goes i don't get this boomer humor can you explain it to me it's the only person I know who wasn't a fan of Norm Macdonald. I thought maybe it was a generational thing, but apparently not. No, that's why I don't like Kaya. <laughs> oh, you don't like anyone, do you? <laughs> not really. <laughs> so I, I'll be honest with you. Uh, a lot of the listeners weren't sure if they were ever going to hear from you again or Casey because it's been a couple of weeks. And so um, Cardiff Electric decided to put together a pre-recorded review segment for us. And I figured I'd play that for us now. 
hopefully there isn't any overlap to what you were going to read. And uh, we'll play along with, with Cardiff. The WATP review segment is brought to you by the Cardiff Electric Podcast Network, home to the Cardiff Electric Podcast and the Karloff, two of the most famous podcasts on the internet today. You guys Hello. are playing with the Karloff. It's a, it's a new true crime show <laughs> no. that, he's, that Cardiff is doing now. Fuck. Yeah, no, it's still, still going on. Today. Hello. I'm Cardiff Electric, and I'm your new WATP review girl. Here are the reviews for this week. Review number one from the internet. I recently returned home from a long day at work, and I heard screaming from my neighbor's house. I went to investigate, and I found my neighbor had been home invaded, and his family had been tortured and beaten while he was tied up and forced to watch. When I asked him how he was, he said, well, could have been worse. I could have been forced to listen to Who Are These Podcasts. I will now leave a three-second space of silence in the recording where you can ask me if that was a one-star review. One, oh, Is that a one-star review, Cardiff? Or? That was a one-star review. Ah. The next review from the internet. This show still stinks. One, two, five star, five star. three. That was a one-star ah. review. The next review from sucks. the internet. I wish I could give a lower score than no stars. The only redeemable quality to this show is when the great Vinnie Paulino comes on and graces us with his comedic genius. I hear he recently came in fifth place in a top 10 list on a very notable podcast on the internet. Good for him. Maybe next year he'll be number one. One, two, that sounds like a five star. Three. That was a one-star <laughs> review. There are no more reviews. The sponsor of this segment does not endorse any of the comments made during this segment, nor do they endorse this podcast. <laughs> All right. Um, I think that was made up. So, uh, Vic, do you have any uh, actual reviews from the internet for us? Uh, yeah, my review on Cardiff Electric is he talks like he has grapes in his mouth at all times, and I don't like it. <laughs> okay. But I did bring reviews in. Great. Um, Let's hear it. This one's from Carl's Hamburger. Um, America be warned. This particular program assaults both my ears and my soul. The Nick Kroll impersonator Carl, in need of a helmet and an apology from his high school, will force on you all the charm you would expect from a herpes infection with twice the sadness. <laughs> wow, it's pretty creative. Five star. I would imagine. That is a five star. Very nice. Thank you for uh, that. <laughs> this one's from Blobby Digital. Uh, it says Blind Mike. I heard the interview with Blind Mike and decided to give this podcast a chance. Okay, okay. that was the review. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. All right. Shout out to that username. I know that Wu Tang reference. Yeah. Also, shout out to Blind Mike, who I haven't brought up, but yes, I did an interview with him on his show, and that was a lot of fun. He's a he's a good guy. Nice. Was that a, a five star review by any chance? That was. Oh, thank you. For absolutely no reason. Thanks, Bobby. I have one more from uh, B Nast. Uh, garbage, right wing morons spouting off at the mouth. Zero creativity, <laughs> or creativity and not funny. <laughs> wow, that sounds pretty accurate, actually. <laughs> Got to give it to him. Five star? Oh, that's a one star. Ah, Whoa. Too optimistic on that one, I suppose. Vic, have I talked to you since the Chicago show? No, I didn't think I've so. Been, I've been dying slowly because <laughs> right. you know I just sensed that he had cancer. Wait, who has cancer? It out. 
fucking norm mcdonald carl do you even fucking yeah. listen to what you say half the time <laughs> no that's your job he your died job of fucking listen. cancer carl that's true he did yes he battled for nine years and you're and that's why we haven't spoken to each other yeah okay well anyway, no not really i've been busy <laughs> before you bumped everybody out with that i was gonna ask what you thought about the live show i thought you and casey were both fantastic i was surprised at how well you both did but uh, what were your thoughts on the show? I really liked the guy in the white tank top that was falling asleep <laughs> in the front row the whole time. Yeah. This is the first time he's been called out on the show. <laughs> yeah, no, he fucking slept through like 90% of it. And then like at the end, he was like, yeah, fuck yeah. I was like, what the fuck are you clapping for? But His buddy that he brought was named Cocaine Jesus. And I'm like, yeah. I think Jesus ran out of cocaine because yeah. he was also sleeping. <laughs> I think those guys dreamt that they were at a better show. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they were applauding at the end. Damn it. Yeah, other than that, it was fun. It was nice. It was uh, fun. You interacted with the crowd, like, not at all. It was just the show on yes. a stage. Correct. That was my goal. It's a way to do it. And then at the very, well, fucking dummy Paulino gets up there and he's like, show of hands. How many people? I'm like, this isn't your stand-up show, asshole. We're not interacting with people. Show of hands. Fucking moron. I had a very strict conversation with him after the show. <laughs> you never talk to the audience ever again. <laughs> fuck those people alright you and uh, you and Casey turned out to look very similar to each other which was interesting and uh, but I, I thought that you both came across very well and the uh, the fans who showed up were very excited to meet you both yeah I mean like there was a point where like we went around in the meet and greet and like no one knew who the fuck we were and we're like <laughs> we're Vic and Casey because you know it was during the mingle yeah. so we go around hey it's Vic and Casey they're like who I'm like this is what I expected <laughs> I don't listen to that part of the show <laughs> I mean you pay 60 bucks for the meet and greet you think you'd listen to the end of the show every now and again but apparently apparently not well it makes you feel any better there were people at the meet and greet that wouldn't make eye contact with me i was like walking around to say hi to people like oh shit that weirdo's coming over here <laughs> all right carl it's me why do you keep walking away <laughs> all right before we're going to talk about Vic and casey's appearance i thought they both had very cool shoes yes they had dresses with sneakers all the rage these days well she were she wore crocs like woodland crocs. Oh, yes. That's right. i really Ooh, like that that's a good point Carl should have worn Crocs. I should have worn Crocs. It was a fuck up on your I, part. I fucked up again. <laughs> this is the second time I've done a live show and not worn Crocs. But I wear them at every Isotope show, so I make up for it. <laughs> oh, and everyone watches the Isotopes, Carl. I don't actually do that. Listen to some voicemails. This is Barney, the purple dinosaur. Um, I made the mistake of uh, disrespecting or ignoring John at one of his kids' birthday parties, and uh, I don't recommend it. I was a couple of weeks later now, I'm just getting hammered at Pickwick Pub. Turn around, he sucker punched me. And what's even worse is he raped my friend Big Bird that night out in the back alley. John raped Big Bird. Barney the Purple Dinosaur is a prick! Guy can't even say hi to me! <laughs> All right. John didn't rape Big Bird. I want to throw it out there. I don't want another lawsuit. Didn't have his boner pills. Oh yeah, he might have, but he forgot his pills on the spice rack. 
I got to go to Pickwick Pub. I don't want the great Michael Popak serving me. So I just want to say he did not rape Big Bird. That's that's a joke. Hey, Carl. I got a couple of questions for you here. As a fellow fan of Adam Curry, what do you think of podcasting 2.0? And I like the guy, but oh, my God, you could make a fucking 10-hour super clip of just him saying, Podcasting 2.0. Holy shit. I don't know what my take is on it quite. I fucking hate podcasts that even have video. I just, I have a fucking life. If I had no life, I would make that super clip. But want to hear your thoughts, Carl. Go fuck yourself. Bye. Wow, a lot of exhaling on that, yeah, Carl. Uh, so Adam Curry is spearheading Podcasting 2.0. I like the concept. The concept is... Every listener can contribute any amount of money they want to to the hosts and the producers of the show, and they can, you know, it can be pennies, it can be dollars, whatever you want to do. The problem is that it's all in Bitcoin, and Bitcoin is not currency. Hmm. Bitcoin is an investment. I own Bitcoin. I wouldn't spend it. But I've listened to No Agenda. People are throwing hundreds oh. and thousands of dollars at those guys. They're doing the, very well. Is it all in Bitcoin? <laughs> No, no, they're no, not. it's, it's not. actual real currency. So that's the thing is that, and I talked to Sir Bemrose when I was on the Grumpy Old Ben show. We were talking about um, podcasting 2.0. I like the concept of it. I'll get into it if they figure out a way that people can contribute actual money. But Bitcoin is too volatile to be a currency, and it's it's silly. That's cool. And I've never heard somebody name drop somebody I've never heard of. That was interesting. Who, Adam Curry? No, Sir Bembrose. Sir Ryan Bembrose. He's right here in the <laughs> chat know, right now. He's telling me Bitcoin is now illegal in China. Wow. <laughs> I'm so impressed. <laughs> he's a, Sorry, he's a producer Bembrose. of the, of the just, No Agenda show and I'm host of Grumpy Old Bass. I think he's got a new show, too, or something. He says, fuck you, too, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't meant to be a name drop. I, I was saying. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about Casey uh, for a just second. fucking around. <laughs> hey, Carl. First time caller, long time manifester. And I'm here to say I'm manifesting two things. One, they get in the voicemail segment because it's the best segment of the show. You just can go fuck themselves. And two, try and manifest Casey. And, oh, Casey's probably just big old bitties. Big old bitties in my mouth. And um, that is all. Thank you. Uh, go fuck yourself, Carl. <laughs> Trying to manifest Casey's big old bitties. I think her tiggle bitties, but oh no, I don't want to nitpick. Honestly, I don't think she had like that big of a rack, though. Yeah, let's talk about that. Well, listen, (laughs) all right, listen, she inflated it. She inflated it. The wet t-shirt pick is legendary. It's incredible. All right, we need a follow up to that. So, what do you need to verify? What's your take on this, Vic? I'm just saying that she, like, from the right angles, like, C's can look like F's or G's mm. or whatever she was claiming. Right. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Like, so you... C's are still nice. You know, it's passing, but it could be more. You think you have better tits than Casey? 100%. Oh, 110%. it's yeah. official. Titgate has started. Prove it. Tit again. Wow. There's a rivalry that I've been waiting for. All right. Well, that's a good take, Vic. Wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk more about Casey's? I've been holding it in for a while. Do you, you want to talk more about her boobs or should we move on? No, we can move on. All right. Here's another voicemail. 
Holy shit. I just finished. <clears throat> I think he just finished. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> I think he just finished jerking off. <laughs> uh, hey, Vic, this is for you. Hey, Carl. Uh, I got two questions. Number one, is there an address or a P.O. box where we can send Vic fan mail? And number two, how do you disguise the smell of human fecal matter from post office workers? Thanks. Call me back. Both great questions. <laughs> Vic, do you want to address that? Do you have a P.O. box? People can send no, gifts to you? And I'm not getting that's just oh God. You I know what that I can't imagine what I would get. Because like, you know, like I'll look into my like Instagram DMs and a guy like did a cum tribute on his phone. What does um, that mean? Do you know what that is, Carl? Or are no, you too old? I'm too old, I guess. Uh, for that. It's when like you have like a picture of yourself on the guy's phone and then he comes on it as a tribute to you. <laughs> he comes on his phone or he comes on a Yeah. A... Yeah, he comes so, on his phone, so which has a picture like of me. A picture of Vic on my phone and me coming on my own phone. On Vic's picture on my phone, right? So it's a two phone system. I hate it's this. a two phone system. Okay. I, I hate everything you guys just said. Right. You know why I explained <laughs> that so succinctly? Because I invented it. <laughs> <laughs> it all started with fishing. You know what I did? I, I bought a printer. That's how I come on Vic's picture. I don't want to ruin a phone over it. Oh, no. Wow. Well, congratulations, Vic. You're a hot Thank commodity. Thank you. Honestly, it's, I, I was pretty proud of it until, you know, like five seconds later when I just found it disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> Talked about it on the internet. Yeah. You're like, wow, this is touching. Wait a second. This guy's a psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. I thought it was cool until I learned it was Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Now it's just gross. competition Vic. wow fucking love it a lot of competition coming in i mean there's days where vic and casey are not available i don't know why band practice guy can't be in the rotation and man i talked to him at the live show he's he's mellow <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> i like this guy it was the highlight of my experience in chicago meeting band <laughs> practice guy was... oh boy now i'm getting very distracted by our discord all right Last voicemail. This came in today. I just caught it in time. The Bukaki Queen is back. <laughs> yes. Who are these podcasts? Naked crows on me. <sighs> Who are these podcasts? It's me, Bukaki Queen. Who are these podcasts? Fuck you, Carl. Whoa, what did I do to the Bukaki Queen? Why doesn't she like me anymore? What did I do? Producer Chris, you you know the answer to this? Not enough jizz. <laughs> Apparently not. Way too much <laughs> jizz talk in the back nine. Yeah, what, what did we learn today? We learned that Casey's tits suck. We learned not that, true. We learned that Vic loves it when you J-O all over her photo and send it to her. Very true. <laughs> By the way, I don't mention this enough, but when you sign up for our Patreon, you do get Vic's cell phone number. Right. And then you can also send her fun things. We should get a P.O. box for you, too. I'd be willing to pay for that. Oh, good. That's <laughs> ecstatic. I'm so excited, Carl. <laughs> I bet you are. How are things with you and the fiance? Everything going good? 
Yeah, he uh, he wants to make me a bodybuilder. Oh, don't do that. Mm-mm. No, don't be, I want to either. Don't become a gym rat, Vic. Don't do that. I don't think I could ever. Okay. There's not enough people like looking at me when I work out, and they just focus on their own workouts. So I, I don't think I could do that. Oh, you're not getting enough t- attention at the at the uh, correct. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Just wear less. That's how that works at the gym. It's true. <laughs> All right, Vic. Thank you so much for coming out. It was great to talk to you again. Of course, Carl. You still look like fucking shit. I know. <laughs> I'm working on it though. Not really. <laughs> Okay, folks. Guess what? This the episode's it. over. <laughs> I gotta go. Goodbye. Goodbye. What's with the dancing around the shit? I stink. You hate me. Great. Goodbye. I don't know. Who gives a shit? Why am I even still doing this? I'm out of here.